Welcome one and all to another episode of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. I'm Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft. Hey, what's up? And we also have Scotty. How's it going, man? Prime time, bitches. <laughs> we are well into October, guys. I mean, we're about halfway through the month. Man, I'm, I'm super excited about it. This is like my favorite month of the year. We already have the house all decorated outside, inside. What about you guys? Have you do you do you guys like decorate the uh, the crib at all, inside or outside? Uh, since we just moved into this place, we haven't done anything yet. Uh, but we're gonna have something outside because we think this might be the first place we live in that has. We'll actually have uh, trick or treaters. So Rachel's very excited for that. Um, I not sure. Short answer is we are going to decorate. Nice. What about you, Sketch? I use colored floodlights. I have like three or four of them. And so I bust those out for Halloween. I bring them in. And then come Christmas, I bust them back out and just change the colors. The only thing I do different for Halloween is I'll, uh, I got the strobe light for the garage. So I'll put that in there. And uh, pumpkin, that's hit or miss. That just depends on like what's going on each year. So this year I might, I might be able to do a pumpkin, but I don't know. Just... The other thing, man, is I can't stand the smell of the rotting pumpkin when you when it like, just starts <laughs> to turn into like... Uh, you know, a deflated <laughs> bomb Alaska, you know, you're like, ooh, mold. So um, I do enjoy carving pumpkins. I'm, I do like the bare minimum. Like I know a lot of my friends that go, you're an artist. Oh, oh, your pumpkins must be all decked out. I take the, no, I, I take the least amount of effort. Like, I, <laughs> like when it comes to anything super creative outside of work, I, I don't really do a whole lot, you know? You don't like, like to I, be creative when you don't have to be all the time because the problem I would imagine all your creative juices are like kind of like tied into your work and then outside of that you're just like fuck it man I, I can't do it hence the floodlight so I got four or five different colored you know they got 16 million colors so I just change the colors around the whole house is purple and green sometimes it's orange and purple you know like that works for me but putting up oh and I have a decorative wreath like a skull wreath you know okay so I put that up so that's about it have you guys seen those new LED lights that look like they're, like, flickering, like, candle fire? Oh, I have those. The problem is people think your house is on fire, and they call the fire department. That happened to me <laughs> oh the first gosh. year I came in here. I replaced my – you know, you got those two – if you got a home, you got those two, like, lights in front of your garage, you know, right. usually? Yep. Yeah. I replaced those with those flickering candles, and someone called the fire department thinking my house is on fire. So oh I, I took those out. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be all, like, dungeony. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Nope. No. That's funny. Oh. I, it, it's kind of a bummer on on my street. We don't actually get a lot of uh, trick or treaters down our street because we kind of we're we're off of, of of Main Street in our town. I mean, obviously, you guys have, have uh, were here earlier in the year, but um, down the road, if you keep going down, uh, I think you guys probably saw the uh, the cemetery on my street, right? I think so. Did you guys? Uh, was was it underwater? Oh wait, was it past <laughs> where you live? You would have seen it maybe before it was underwater. I don't know. I, yeah. I I thought I took you guys there, but it's like a 18th century cemetery. I mean, there's literally like two guys there who fought in the Revolutionary War. So it's it's a super old cemetery. It's not used anymore, but the the town kind of keeps it up and everything. But the the people that live on the other side of the cemetery, like they, I guess they hadn't had. Uh, trick-or-treaters there for over like 15 years or something crazy uh and the lady was telling me last year that she's like well if your kids ever want to come 
our way, you know, like we're going to give like $5 to every kid who will come trick or treat at our house because no one will ever do it because everyone's scared of the, uh, the cemetery. And so last year we went trick or treating as we're walking back to the house where I was, I was telling the kids like, Hey, you guys, like if you go past the cemetery, the people who live there, they're giving money out. If you're brave enough to go and trick or treat over there. And it was so funny because the kids, like they're all their eyes lit up. They're like, Oh my God, we can make money from trick or treating. Let's do it. <laughs> and then just to see them like increasing, like every step they get like towards the cemetery. Cause at this point it's, it's really dark. Uh, and there's like one street light around the cemetery and it's just like it looks like something from the exorcist that just like haunting light at the you know the like the staircase it's just super creepy and to see them like like increasingly get more and more scared as they 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 go up to the house to their credit they did it they went and knocked on it and it was funny because the lady <laughs> just i think she didn't think anyone was going to come so she was like a little unprepared and so she had to like go digging through her purse for for money and stuff, but, uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited, man. Uh, I, I love, love, love Halloween. So uh, it doesn't take much to get me in the Halloween spirit. And, uh, and this actually, this, this, uh, episode, we're going to have some, uh, some horror related things in it, uh, as we get into the podcast here in a bit. But before we get into that, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about kind of the latest uh, in uh, this week's uh, Megavision news, like uh, what, how we're doing uh, with issue nine. Uh, I put out a Patreon post earlier this week just to give everyone, uh, our patrons, an update on where we're at. And uh, I think we're, we're, we're pretty much done with all the, the, the actual articles in it. And I think we're close to around like 50% done with all the, uh, the, the actual layout of the uh the magazine and then we're just kind of working out the rest so things are going good uh do you want to give any updates on your end uh sketchcraft yeah i'm late <laughs> everyone complained me on this one you know like i'm like look guys uh i do concept art for major game publishers i'm not at liberty to say right now who because i don't want the trouble and i certainly don't want people complaining to the i had that happen once you know like i mentioned some guys I was working for and people on Twitter were like, that guy's late with my stuff. And they're like, we don't, what does that have? What? <laughs> I had to explain to them like, yeah, sometimes people get a little crazy. Yeah. So, people are uh, still blaming Anamanaguchi for the Scott Pilgrim game, not being on PSN anymore. So it makes like, as much sense as that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like what does he have to do with the licensing? You know, like so crazy. Um, so I just, this is one of the reasons, folks. Like, so there's there's a plus side and a minus side. So here's the minus. I'm going to give you the bad news first and the good news second, right? So the bad news is I am late. Um, I didn't even touch it for the last two weeks because I had deadlines, and then I had to take a trip out to Phoenix for uh, a work and family thing. Um, that being said, I did get back to work this weekend. What I have to do is I have to do the layouts for, we're doing this thing, Neo Retro with Wolverblade. That's laid out. I just have to do the color correction on that and finish some artwork. So that'll be done in the next two or three days. Um, and then the main story we're doing on virtual, uh, virtual, virtual on, yep. right? Virtual on. Uh, that's supposed to be laid out. But I'll have all that. I'll have those layouts done by the end of next weekend. No prop. Then it's just artwork. So it'll get done soon enough. the The real plus side though is. Um, Jess has already done 
she'll be done in the next week or two with pulling screens for issue 10. So she'll be laying out, she's going to be doing layouts. Uh, you, Chris, and Jess, maybe Graham are going to be doing all the layouts for issue 10 because I've been telling everyone, guys, my, my work schedule is getting crazy. So um, she'll be able to start her layouts November 1st. She'll be done around the time I train Chris how to do his layouts. So we're doing pretty good on terms of that. So once once we get me out of the way in terms of doing layouts, then hopefully this will all move uh, like clockwork. That being said, we're still in pretty good position for, you know, three a year. It's that four a year thing that I just don't know about right now. You know, that's basically it. And then just, you know, I would like to just end that with, I know you're about to say something, I can hear it. <sighs> oh, I, I would just... I would just say that um, try to remember, folks, that if we wanted to get the magazine done tomorrow, we could. It would just look really bad. (laughs) You know, it would just look like some other generic thing that you can get anywhere else. So the thing has always been, how can we can we make the, you know, a very artistic magazine uh, with a very minimal amount of crew, you know? Um, regularly. And so that's, that is the answer is yes, but me doing everything on the graphic design side. Uh, I mean, I saw this back in June. It was like, Oh guys, it's not, I gotta, I gotta train some people. So, uh, that's where we're at. Right on. Nice. So it's coming together. Um, and I, I think we're going to be, uh, like I said, in the, in the Patreon post, I think we're targeting November. Uh, we're not going to put out a, a firm release date because those things, man, really states it's because it's, it sucks when you got to break them and everyone gets disappointed. So let's just not do that. But um, uh, more um, to come can, on that. What's can I that? just say, I think, you know, uh, best looking issue we had yet. I can think solidly. I can say that. I feel the same with what I've seen so far. I feel like, like you said, it would take maybe three to four issues for us to kind of get our get our actual style and feel down. Yeah, now it's for Chris to goof up. Yeah, right. So I can't wait. <laughs> what I'm what I'm looking forward to though, because um, I've been thinking about it, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how you're you're going to do uh, kind of androids with the with the cover because everything we've seen so far are kind of like humanoid type creatures, like to include Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see you, what it's You never saw like. my Transformers covers. Did you? I, have. I was going to no, say, no, no, yeah, right. he's I done have. Transformers. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I, can... I'm just saying like, I, I think you're going to knock it out of the park, but I'm just legitimately interested to see how that's going to come about. Like, I, I can't wait. Every time I run super late and I think Chris is, wants to kill me, I just go, well, I always have that Toe Jam and Earl artwork I could send him <laughs> to buy me just a few more months of murder. You know? <laughs> like, I, I always know, bribe it, him with that piece. You want yeah. this piece? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> that, I, that one, I think, is always going to be my favorite one because uh, of just how much I love it. And, like, I just, I don't know. I was blown away by that one. I was like, man, it's this my, is uh, so fucking awesome. And that was my the first piece awesome. did. I love you it. know what I'm saying? It's my death yeah. blossom. Like, in, in, case, <laughs> in case everything goes to shit, I can pull that one little thing out of my bag of tricks. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, what we've been playing uh, this week. Uh, Sketch, why don't you uh, bring us into to that? What have you, you been playing this week? So two things. One, I finally finished the main game for Dragon Quest XI. 
So there is a main ending, and then there's end game content where you get the true ending. Um, and it makes it pretty clear what that is at the end. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but at the end you see some things that like points right at you, like go collect this stuff and it will unlock further story. So yeah, I think I clocked in about 80 to 90 hours on the main game. Yeah. It's a huge game, which, you know, kind of sucks because the switch versions out looks great. I mean, it's, you, there's a little bit of difference with the lighting, but to the naked eye, most people will be able to tell the difference and it has that symphonic score. And I'm like, probably should have just waited. took me a year. Um, Whatever. Um, so I'm going to finish that. And then the other thing is Vader episode two, Vader immortal on my quest episode two. Um, it's really good except so, uh, Vader, if you haven't played Vader immortal is an episodic mini series on the quest where you're basically like learning to be a Jedi, like Vader teaches you shit kind of. And uh, it's kind of cool. Cause you go to the castle, his, his castle. The first episode is 10 bucks and about an hour long. Plus you got this Jedi training thing. There's like Jedi dojo um, element where you can kind of like fight. You know those little hover things that loop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was on the Millennium Falcon. Drone type things. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's fine. Um, some people love it. I'm. It's not as cool as my ninja game, so I don't really care about the, ninja, the Jedi dojo. Uh, but episode two was supposed to add in force powers. And they did. And they're awesome. But the game's twenty five minutes long, for mm. ten bucks, for ten bucks. And, and I'm like, dude, like, okay, I get, you know. So, on a side tangent, if you guys have been following any of my social media, my birthday was last week, and I bought the TMNT Arcade One Up cabinet yeah, for my birthday. Happy belated. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but months ago, I pre-ordered in full price the Star Wars uh, arcade arcade one-up cabinet and you know you always have to pay that star wars surcharge you know or like (laughs) the tmnt is an extra 50 bucks beyond the normal arcade one-up but the star wars one is 500 dollars. you know it's an extra hundred something dollars and it's always there's always a premium with star wars which by the way drove me away from star wars stuff around the mid-2000s one of the many reasons beyond the shitty movies was just you know i'm tired of overpaying for star wars stuff um and this is right in line with that, you know, like 25 minutes of content for 10 bucks. And this is coming straight from ILM. Like if you didn't have enough game, man, take another six months, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know, man, you know, so, I mean, it's cool, but it, just understand it's 25 minutes of content. Have you been able to uh, get that turtles uh, cabinet up and running yet? So here's why I have not built it yet. Because the cabinet, as it ships, does not have a light-up marquee. It's just a flat graphic. Mm. Yeah, I know. My Star Wars Arcade shipping from Arcade 1-Up in November does. So these guys, um, I found them over at Arcade Game Factory. I'm not making any money off this, so don't be fucking, you you repping (laughs) them, Rob. I'm not repping anybody, right? Barely rep myself. I barely rep Megavisions. You know, so think about what it. Was, what was it called? I'm going to look them up. Arcade Game Factory. TheArcadeGameFactory.com. Okay. They have the, the light box for Gen 3 Arcade 1-Up cabinets. I bought the TMNT one. Super easy to install. Uh, plugs right into the, the power supply in the arcade. So there's no extra. It plugs right into the thing that's already built in the, 
into the arcade cap. So they sold out this week, but they'll have another batch up next week. But I bought, I bought, I got in like right toward the end there. They're going to have that for the turtles and for Marvel superheroes. If people are getting, Oh yeah. Yeah. I see both those right here. That's not badly priced. That's 50 bucks dude for a light up marquee dude. No. And it looks amazing. It looks really, really good. I've seen it. So, um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, you know, I don't want to take the marquee off. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to plug the thing in as I build it. So, yeah. Yep. No, that's cool. I, I, I follow a guy uh, on YouTube who like specializes in all these arcade one-ups, and I actually saw a video of him uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, putting in one of those uh, light-up marquees. Uh, and I think it's just with arcade one-up, they're kind of testing like which which different games they're putting some of the light-up marquees and stuff in. But it sounds like, according to this video, that uh, this latest kind of iteration of, like, the, the Turtles uh, is, is, like, the has, like, the best quality parts and everything else uh, that they've done good. so far. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, man, it, it looks good. Uh, the guy, it's funny, the guy actually... Uh, he did the whole video and then he was like, yeah, but you know, it's like a four player cabinet. So what's it going to be like when you actually have like four full grown adults trying to play at the same time? Because obviously these arcade one up cabinets are, are a smaller size. So he like took it to his uh, jujitsu like uh, school or whatever and recorded like four dudes playing it. And it seemed to be perfectly fine. Like, you know, like it, it, everyone was a little close and everything, but it seemed like everyone had a, uh, enough uh, area to actually sit down and, and play it. And it all looked good, man. I, I, w- I would love to get one one of these days when I can actually, you know, find some room in my house to actually put something like that in there. Is there um, coin uh, a place to put coins? Is it, Do those even exist in these things or what? No, but there are like, I know arcade, um, the arcade, the same place they have like a, uh, front panel coin door cutout you can replace. Okay. If you really wanted to do that, I you can just, get, they've yeah. put links to coin door cut coin doors that you can buy off of, that fit standard coin doors if you wanted to do that. Because okay. I figure some well, barcades or something find these and they want to use them, but I, I was like, wait a minute, do they have coin inserts on these things? So, but, was... I mean, it wouldn't work. It would just be cosmetic, you know? Yeah. Know. Okay. How you... I think this was one of the first ones that actually had uh, stereo sound too. It comes with two speakers. Yeah, it's got two speakers. It sounds good. My, my buddy, he bought one, too, and he put his together, so I was playing it. I'm like, this is amazing. This is really, I can't wait to get it hooked up. I just, I want the light-up marquee, you know, and I'm not going to want to take the thing back apart. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, like, That's not happening. So. Especially when you have these, like, particle board, you know, like, things. Like, it never fits back together if you take it apart again. So it's right. better just to do it the right way the first time versus, like, you know, putting it together, then disassembling a portion of it, and then... and putting it back together it just gets all janky after that so i'm a pretty patient dude it's sitting look it's currently taking up the space right in front of my front door because the guy left it at the door outside my door the delivery guy super fucking heavy and uh i have some injuries from the military back in the day on my back so like my back's been kind of like i don't know pinch nerve thing the past you know month and so uh, I was like, how am I going to get this in here without throwing out my entire back? And it was like, did anybody see El Camino? No, I'm not, not yet. yet. No. All right, I don't want to say. So it was <laughs> like moving a live body, if you could think about that, right? Like, All right. Like, and my dog, I'm like, yeah, I should have put my dog in her kennel. But I was like, move out the way. I'm trying, to, trying not to scratch up my hardwood floors. And so it's just lying there in front of my front door. Um, but 
that being said, the build, dude, the trim on this is amazing. The, the color green they have on it, super good. Like vinyl, my I had a friend back in California, Cali. He did the vinyl. The people customize these arcade one-ups. He took the Street Fighter one and did like that his own Turtles vinyl thing he put on himself. This is way better. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't because it has a, the graphics are there and the the, the green trim. Yeah, it's like a very poppy. thick but neon thing on the sides. Yeah, like. it's, well, because it's in the good. in the older uh, versions, like people they didn't have any of the trim on it, so people were like putting colored tape on, and it was just you know it's just uh, just janky. Like so, I, I I do have to give it you know applaud Arcade One Up the company for you know like recognizing parts that they can improve on and, and doing that. And so, man, I, I, I really, really want to get this, this, the turtles the, one is, is the one I want, man. That's yeah. the, the screen is amazing. The screen is amazing, by the way. Uh, that's like, another thing too. I heard yeah. is that it's an upgraded LCD um, yeah. compared to the, the previous ones too. So and it has it's like got, a better uh, field of view and it's just brighter and everything else. And for anyone that doesn't know, it's the turtles arcade game. And then also turtles in time on there as well. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't get some people are like, well, I got a friend who's like, well, can you mod it to play other games? I'm like, first, it's two buttons. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I, I have my MAME with my Sanwa super fucking $300 stick. You know, that's where I play all my arcade games. I'm always bugging Chris in the middle of the night. I was playing this arcade game. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> but I always said, if Arcade One Up came out with a Turtles cabinet or a Star Wars cabinet, then I'd be there. I didn't think they'd do it the same fucking year. Whoops. You know what I mean? So I took a giant financial, like, <laughs> you know? like all, I am not allowed to buy anything at all. Between these two things and my Oculus, my wife goes, you can't buy shit until PS5 at maybe the earliest. Maybe I have to wait even six months, you know? So I've, I don't spend a ton of money on stuff, so... But I had to cash in the fucking coins on this one, guys. It's not cheap. I don't, I I don't blame you. The only thing I, I, I hope I, I'm kind of afraid of is if they ever strike a deal with Sega and they, they come out with some sort of like racing game thing and they have like a bunch of Yu Suzuki racing games or I don't know, like a Streets of Rage, you know, compilation or something on there. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I have to buy this. Like, I can't not do it. Um, I'm, I'm afraid of that day if that ever comes. Yeah, it's tough because they're three ninety nine. You know, so if they did release one other one and I could wait until it went down to like the 250 range, the only one I could think of, man, would be if they ever did. You guys ever play the was it WrestleFest or this the, yeah. the Royal Rumble yeah. back in the day, mm-hmm. the WWF classic Royal Rumble? It was an amazing arcade game. Like, I don't think it has a port anywhere. So that would be dope. But I mean, Custom Sega, perhaps the. I mean that 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 stand up afterburner that joystick always broke, you know the Thunderblade mm-hmm. with the the helicopter handle. So I I don't know I don't know what would hold up. Me you know what you know what might get me one day is if they do a House of Dead. Yeah, I was thinking of all the shooters. <laughs> they have such a versatile like library though that it would it like you guys are saying like everything from um super hang on to outrun to just afterburner like they've had such a crazy amalgamation of things like what would they release thinking we got to make this one right if we never do another one again like what would they you know what would they actually throw out there that would really represent sega as an arcade thing 
I do also have a feeling like in a few years, you're going to see these things pop up on Facebook Marketplace for like really cheap because people are going to be like, why the hell do I need, you know, like Pac-Man, you know, on this like, you know, people are just trying to get rid of it and shit, you know, like people aren't going to be playing these ever again. They're going to buy them and they're going to play them for a few weeks and it's just going to sit in a corner and collect dust. And then their wives are like, get this shit out of the house. And they're going to have to get rid of them. So I guarantee you, in a few years, these things are going to be all over Facebook Marketplace. Well, for the Turtles one, I know I'm not going to play it often. It's in my game room proper, where I kind of just set all this shit up to look cool, you know? And I got some artwork and a bunch of Turtle stuff that I did that are all going right there. That's fine. You know, like, oh. it's it's there so when I go in my game room and relax, I can, re- you know, this is why I fucking work my ass off. Um, the Star Wars one is going to my studio. It's going to go right behind me. Uh, I will play that almost daily. Like I, 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 to this day, go to this. We have a retro arcade game uh, called Grinkers, and they they got a lot of great cabinets, dude. I mean, they got uh, what's that? I always forget the name because the name's stupid. What's that Sega game, dude? It's kind of like Donkey Kong, but it's like a three fourths perspective. Oh, Congo Bongo, Congo Bongo. Yeah, they got yeah. Congo Bongo, bro. Nice. You know, and they got the Wrath of Khan or the the Star Trek flight commander one dude that no one can play and it's horrible they got a ton of old stuff but they have i play the star wars arcade one all the time i've been playing that consistently since 1984 you know so um i'll get my my time in on that one i'll never play the return of the jedi though that is a dumb 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 game (laughs) fair enough no like I, i can't wait to hear once you uh get it all put together we got to get some photos. I want to see them uh, of the uh, the build once it's put together with that uh, with that marquee light up. That's going to look pretty. The sexy. next the next King of Kong thing is going to be King of Pizza or something, starring Sketchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had pizza last night and today, and I never want to eat pizza. Again. I don't know why. I can't stop it. I, this arcade machine's I, in my house. <laughs> I don't even eat normal dough, you know, because the whole low carb thing. It's not no carb, it's low carb. But like when I do, my hands are currently exploding. Like I just poof <laughs> up like some marshmallow. Like you guys remember Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah. That guy like explode. That's what my hand is like. I can oh, literally no. feel it like expanding. I'm like, okay, that's enough. So <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun, you know. And if you guys ever come out this way, we'll go to Grinkers. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right, Scotty, what have you been playing? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I mentioned, I think, a while back that instead of doing horror movie, just horror movies this month, that uh, my girlfriend and I, I wanted us to try to play some um, Halloween-y or spooky or hallo- uh, horror-type video games. So um, we started with Alan Wake and uh, got through the first chapter of that. Um, I played it through forever ago, uh, and um, I mentioned on another show, but... Um, I actually forever have owned the collector's edition from when I worked in games retail and someone, when you trade in like a collector's edition, all you need to sell the pre-owned again is just literally the disc. So I took everything out of the collector's edition for myself and then realized after hooking up the 360 for the first time in like five years, like, oh crap, uh, honey, I got to run to GameStop. We don't actually own this game, but (laughs) so grab that and have either of you played Alan Wake? I love Alan Wake. Very, okay. very good game. Um, yeah, uh, the cutscenes have not aged well. The All the people are very smooth and, like, have no noses almost. It's just not... It doesn't look great. 
Um, but the story's still there. She's very much into books. She loves reading a lot, so I thought, like, this would be a great um, game for her to try out. Uh, and, like, I wanted to start with this one because I couldn't remember how well it's aged. Not great. The combat is way wonkier than I remember, and she's honestly started just handing me the controller when bad guys pop up because it's... Here, do this. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even, like, she gave it a shot. She did, I, I will give her credit, she did try, and, but, yeah, even when I had it, I was like, oh, my God, this is not, this does not feel good. Because you have to, like, like, um, darkness is the enemy, essentially, and the and, and all the guys coming at you are kind of shadowy forms of them themselves, and so you use your flashlight and kind of hold it on them, and then it lowers their power and they sort of explode and then you can shoot them with a gun which whatever sense that makes because they're a shadow i don't know but um the uh but yeah we played through the first chapter she's not really sure how she feels about it yet but we're gonna play more of it um maybe finish it maybe not i don't know uh it's it's a it's a cool idea um very twins twin peaksy kind of vibe to it as well um so we're gonna keep doing that up next on the list is gonna be until dawn though which i i know Based on her enjoying, like, Night Trap and uh, Life is Strange and stuff like that, I think she'll definitely enjoy Until Dawn. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, – did you ever play American Nightmare? Uh, no, you know American what? Nightmare? Again, turning on my system, I was, like, checking uh, – because I thought, like, maybe I downloaded Alan Wake and I checked and I do have American Nightmare, but I don't – yeah. So I've never touched that one, but that, I guess that's, like, its own standalone thing even. It's its own standalone thing. Uh, it came after the original Alan Wake, but they they refined some of the combat in it, and I think oh, the really? combat feels a lot better. Um, it's a it's a very it's it's a it's a it's a smaller game if that makes sense. Like it was like a yeah. digital only. It was like I think fifteen bucks when it came out, uh, but it's I think it's it's a better game, but it's just a smaller slice of like kind of the overall Alan Wake kind of experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's kind of, I, I remember hearing that it was just an add on, but not an add on like its own thing somehow, but they didn't want to make, cause I, they, I remember they had big plans to like make Alan Wake a series and, and all this like franchise <sighs> Man, I wish plans they did, and stuff. Cause the story, it's, it's such a neat premise. Like I, I really, I, I love the premise of Alan Wake it the story itself is so good. The, yeah, they the could have gone anywhere is, with is really it. Good. Yeah, that's yeah, that is what's kind of keeping us going through the scenes despite the graphical uh dated being dated. Um but the story for spoilers but for whatever if if no one's played it or seen it or whatever, um sorry. It, it's kind of exposed in the first hour or so of the game really, but uh, so this like a uh, uh, writer, famous writer, goes to vacation in this nowhere town. Very like everyone's related or knows each other, kind of small town. And then um, his wife gets uh, kidnapped, sort of, and not sure how or why or what's going on. What's reality? What's a dream state? But he realizes he's living out um, the most recent book he started to write as his main character. Who uh, I think like. As his books have gone, the main characters died or something always, so he has to find a way to finish the book but not kill himself. And it, it gets interesting. It's it's a cool idea. Um I don't I think maybe it just had bad sales or something that it didn't keep going, but I dug it. And I also turning my three sixty on for the first time in years, my dashboard like theme is still the Alan Wake theme. <laughs> so I really nice. liked that game back in the day, I guess. <laughs> so um but uh other than that, the last Thursday night throwdown, we played some Windjammers, which was really cool. Had a new viewer come in and play with us and kick our asses, too. 
Um, but that was fun, and um, I've been helping Corey, uh, also known as Tornado Jones, on the Tuesday night streams go through Illbleed, um, which is, like, every year at the marathon, the my favorite thing is introducing games to people that they realize, why don't I own this yet? Like, they're really excited to check out the library, and that happened with Illbleed and Corey's, because he's very much into campy stuff and horror stuff and um so he's been going through and just loves Illbleed and I'm I'm really happy it's such a it's a broken but one of the most unique games I've ever played um just period just in all of games Illbleed is really good if you like campy horror stuff so I love campy horror stuff I own Illbleed but I still have it I, I think honestly like us playing it at during the marathon is the most I've ever put into Illbleed I can understand that, because if you don't know what you're doing and don't have a guide, you'll die in, like, ten minutes in that game. It's so broken. Jeez. But uh, but it's good, and that's kind of what I've been doing lately. Very nice. Um, I picked up a new game this week. Uh, I wanted to try to find something that I could play with the kids, and uh, I ended up uh, downloading Fight and Rage. It's this new side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, very, it, it's it's very kind of similar to Streets of Rage, Final Fight, all that kind of good stuff. Have you guys heard about this game before? Because I guess it's been out on Steam for a while now, for probably a couple of years. I can't say that I have. I'm looking it up to see what's what it's all about. It's uh, it's not a very good name. I'll get, I'll say that Fight and Rage. It's, yeah. It sounds very generic, but the actual like character designs are really well done all of the there's a ton of different enemy sprites uh and it they remind me of of like something that you'd see from like teenage mutant ninja turtles uh they're all like mutant animals and so i guess the uh it's it's a weird premise like it doesn't really flesh the whole thing out but apparently like humans in this in this world that the game is set in humans have been like subjugating these like animal mutant hybrids for a long time and now they're rising up and fighting back and so your part you know you have like three different characters that are going and and fighting the mutants and trying to like take them out and so you have like different things between like there's like rats that all look like really punky you know they have like leather jackets and shades and stuff there's there's pigs there's cats there's all these different things it's the the style the visual style is like really really well done uh and actually the different characters all play pretty similar to what you'd see in like streets of rage you know you have the the girl you have uh the one uh skinnier like smaller guy that's kind of like a like a a ninja and then you have this uh this one dude who's like a big kind of minotaur and he's like kind of the big brute and everything. And it's uh it's one to three players, local co-op. And man, I'll tell you what, we've been having a ton of fun with this. Uh, the game is really, really good. Uh, there's tons of unlockables uh, and tons of, uh, a lot of extra modes and stuff too. So you, as you play through the arcade mode, you uh, rack up like uh, coins that you can then take and spend in this kind of like store where you can unlock new costumes for your players uh, you can unlock new uh, uh, creatures and, and playable characters that you can use in like a versus mode. So you can go into versus mode and you can do like a one like a one v one against uh, a friend or something. And you can basically it's it most of the characters that you unlock are different enemies that you fight in the game. Um, oh, that's but cool. That's like Castle Crashers. 
yeah, it's it's a little bit like that, but um, it's not. I, I don't know. Like, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I like Castle Crashers, and there's just the 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 pixel art is so good in it. The music's really good, man. This game is awesome. It just came out this week uh, on on the Switch. I'm not sure if it also released on like PS4 and Xbox. It looks but, like it's on Steam at least. Yeah, Steam. It came out. It looks like it came out back in like 2017 on Steam. So it's been around for a while now. But it just came out on the Switch, and I'm really enjoying it. It's this game is 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 really really good. Uh, just very very polished. The the gameplay is is very tight. It's 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 awesome. So if you're out there listening and you're looking for kind of a Streets of Rage style brawler, Fight and Rage is definitely a game you should check out. Don't like pass it over because the the generic name. This game is is really legit. It's 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 good stuff, man. I mean, it sounds like they just wanted to be Final Fight Streets of Rage. How can we make those in our title? Fight and Rage, got it. Go. <laughs> And, like, I mean, what are you really going to do at this point in time? I mean, it's been, what, like, 30 years since these games came out or whatever? Yeah. And, like, how many, like, different, like, different terms and words can you use to try to make an original name at this point that hasn't already been done? I mean, there's probably hundreds of these type of games that have come out now. So I'm not going to blame you. Punch Alley or something. (laughs) Kick Crossroads. Here we go. I don't know. So It looks um, cool. I looked it up. It looks, the yeah, the artwork is very neat. I yeah, the it's, one it's, the bun the one like Minotaur dude looks straight up like a TMNT boss. It, if if you once you play it, man, it's 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 weird. Like I was just as I was playing, I was like, man, these characters all look like really familiar. What is it about it? Um, and then it finally dawned on me. It's like, man, a lot of these guys feel like something from Turtles. Like it's there's just so many different characters. It's it's really well done. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. We haven't beat it yet, but we're pretty close uh it's it's fun and and the boys have been really enjoying playing it with me too so check it out man it's 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 a good game i would say if the neo geo pocket color had had like psx level color depth you know what i mean uh it would look like that meets uh samurai pizza cats and moo mesa if you ever play that game oh my god set in a streets of rage like environment you know like yeah. yeah, it looks dope. It's it's fresh. What was that like? The Cowboys of Moo Mesa or something like that? Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, along with Biker <laughs> Mice from Mars and all them. Hey man, it was a brawler. It was a good brawler. It's really well animated. You know, to give it a shot. Yeah, this is. It, it totally looks like a game that you'd be into too. Sketch. So. Yeah, yeah, I would. In case you were waiting for me to ask. <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah. So. No, like you're you, you love like the pixely stuff, and you're right. Like it, it kind of has kind of the um the D make looking like pixel characters and stuff. Like they're not super detailed, but it's, it's done in a, uh, like a artistic style that fits well with kind of the aesthetic that they're, they're shooting for super, super well done. Um, fun stuff. So a point of, a point of, you know, detail is they're actually hand animated versus marionetted, which is, I can appreciate a lot of times with these pixel games to save time, they'll make one piece of art and then they, they marionette, um, how do I describe it? They'll take one piece of pixel art and then they'll just make a uh, skeletal rig so the arms like rotate on a pivot point. They're not actually animated. And this, I know they're what you're all talking animated. about. It looks super like flashy or something. Like just like yeah, it, it yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I only I people it. I give 
uh, credit to that would be like the Odin Sphere Vanillaware, right? Because that art's so crazy looking that it's like it'd be impossible to hand animate that. Um, but yeah, with this, it looks super good. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, all right, let's uh, get into what you've been watching. Uh, so obviously, the the big movie I think that's come out recently. Uh, I don't, I, and I don't know how many of have seen it. I, I think Sketch, you've seen it, but uh, the Joker came out recently, and uh, that's been one of the 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 most probably contentious movies that has has come out in quite some time. Uh, how how many have, have we all watched it? Yeah, I've seen it. What did uh, what did you guys think about it? Uh, I feel like I won't have as much to say as everybody else because I'm a Marvel guy, but Joker has been one of my favorite villains. Um, I enjoyed it. I can see why people are going nuts. I can see why people might not like it. Um, I thought it was one of the better, like, shot and filmed and paced movies in a very long time. Um, I, I disagree with how they kind of held your hand and really threw it in their face. Like, do you get it? Do you get it now in some parts? Um, but without any spoilers, I really enjoyed the pacing. I enjoyed the climax. I liked how some different things in universes were tied together. I liked it overall. I, but I also like sad and depressing movies sometimes. So, but I enjoyed it. Sketch, what about you? Well, you know, I mean, like, uh, so sh- review short. It's fine. It's it's a fine movie. Um, looks great. It's, it's, the movie's fine. You know, it's not quite my cup of tea for a few reasons. One, it's at the end of the day, it's a Batman origin story. You know, like, they kept telling me, this is going to be an Elseworlds movie, Rob. And at the end of the movie, spoilers, Batman's origin. I'm like, <laughs> they also said, you know, like, we'll he literally wasn't going to be. If you haven't seen yeah. it so far, well, just, like, skip ahead, like, 15 minutes or whatever, so. Whatever, right? Then I ruined the movie for you. Whatever. You know, here's my other point did. about people who with spoilers, dude. At the end of the day, like, everyone who ever read the Harry Potter books went and saw those films, and no one, you know what I mean? No one complains about spoilers when that shit goes down so or when the marvel movie comes out people tell me that wasn't actually like the comics i'm like so you actually knew the story before the movie started well yeah i knew the way it happened in the comics i'm like and you're mad that it, you got you got surprised <laughs> so i don't know man i'm 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 of two minds on spoilers anyhow the thing with the movie man that gets me though is like the military put out a warning the u.s army put out a warning to their family and they the, was it the housing, whatever, the FOSs, HOSs, whatever that is? I can't remember the acronym. I used to have to deal with all the families uh, in HQ back when I was in the Army um, 20 years ago. And so uh, they put out a warning that incels could shoot up a place because of the Dark Knight thing. And the media, you know, ran that everywhere. And now it's sort of warped into the media's overhyping this movie and telling you that movies are comic book movies are dangerous. And I'm like, blame the fucking army. And I, I'm prior, I'm, I was in the army. <laughs> I'm not saying they got everything on the lock, but it does bug me when it's like, somehow it got reframed, dude. Like the media thought because the Joker movie was coming out, the media made it dangerous. I'm like, the fucking army put out a warning, dude. Like, was it probably, they even said in the warning, we have no legitimate threats. <laughs> you know, we're just warning you. And so I don't know, man. Like, it's just, and the thing is, though, too, I mean, who knows? Like, that, it could have been just one base putting a warning out. And the thing is, like, a lot of the the the, the media or who whoever some of the the 
the concern coming into this movie was that it was going to be about like incels and all this other stuff, which it wasn't about at all. Like there was the, that, that whole thing, that whole storyline that a lot of people it, thought the, that it wasn't the, the storyline they were worried about. It's the fact that incels would be attracted to create a show out of this because of the fact that the last dude during the dark night screening claimed to be the Joker, whether that's true or not, you know, you always get a million fucking stories on how that went down. That was the, I read the fucking briefing, you know, but it just, you know how, like, it's like, you know, when you tell that game where you tell someone something and they tell the next person, and then when it comes back to you, it's nowhere near what you said. Like, it just turned into the media thought it was going to be about this, and it isn't about this, and they just hate comic book movies, and they hate DC movies in general. And then it's, it's a Snyder Cut. Then I'm like, it's a million Russian bots. I made a mistake back when Batman versus Superman came out, because Batman movies were like my Star Wars movies as a kid, because okay, the, the Burton one came out in 1989, so I was 10. Or turning going to turn eleven when it came out when I was still ten, so that was like every time a Batman movie came out, you know, I was so excited. And then you know, by the time you get to Batman and Robin, I was fully grown. And I'm like, fucking hate this movie. So I couldn't wait for Batman v Superman. I love Larry Fong, the cinematographer. I made the mistake of I got to see it early, reviewing that film, right when it came out, saying, hey, you know, it's about a three, three and a half. You know, it's all right. It's not as smart as it should be, but it's got some cool stuff. Love the opening. I got, I got doxxed. You know what I mean? I got the million Russian bots come fucking ramming me down the, I mean, dude, I had a, my, I had a, luckily I have LastPass, so they weren't able to log into all my shit, but I had a password logins out to Wahoo for a month, you know, on every social media thing I got. And that's when I was like, where's all this coming from? 80% Russia. Like for some reason, the Russian bots know like, this is some weird nerd rage table flipping fucking top. <laughs> I don't know why, because I, when Man of Steel came out, and I like Man of Steel, no one fucking cared, dude. I don't know where it came from, other than it's just a weird, maybe it's bot amplification. It doesn't actually exist. You know what I mean? It's just a manufactured tantrum for whatever reason. Um, but if I, I, I've told people this movie's fine. Dude, I've already got two of my friends. Man, I don't know if I could talk to you. I'm like, I'm 40 years old, dude. Don't fucking talk to me. I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> I talk to my dog and cat. They never talk back. You know what I mean? We have great conversation. I don't fucking need you in my life. The movie's okay. It just, it just doesn't go anywhere. The, the dude, it doesn't really go anywhere. Like the guy doesn't grow. He just becomes the Joker. He's kind of the Joker when it starts, you know, becomes the Joker at the end. It, it's like, it's fine. It, it feels like a movie that was made in the editing room, you know, like, okay. Um, What's sad to me is I would have loved it to be a real Elseworlds movie where the Waynes were murdered in the beginning. And now you know you got a world where there's never going to be a Batman. You know what I mean? That's fucked. You know? Like, at the, like that would be like, wow, what would happen next? You know? Like, there's all this shit's going to go down, and there ain't going to be no one there to stop it. You know? Um, I think this is going to confuse the living shit at an average viewers when they do release a Batman movie and that Joker ain't in there. Just like when like I love rogue one, but when rogue one came out, I had a bunch of friends who thought that was Ray's mom or thought that was Ray herself. They thought it was episode eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're white Vader's back. And I'm like, how guys, Jesus. You, you know, and people yeah, wonder that, why that. they haven't expanded more on the star Wars universe besides the movies we've gotten. Hey man, there's a lot of intelligent people, but the average people don't pay that much attention. Right. You know, so whatever, dude. I mean, it's a fine movie. 
if you're looking for something that's super fucking different, then great. That's your that's your game. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere near the level of like Logan. I, I completely disagree with that. That's a much fucking better oh, film. I wouldn't even compare it to that. I mean, I agree with that, but I didn't even think about that movie when I thought about this. Well, that's what gets name dropped a lot. It's better than Logan. I'm like, hold your horses. That's you know what I mean? A weird comparison. <laughs> Logan was good. I'll, I'll say Logan was finally the first movie that sold me on him playing Wolverine because I, I thought he was he looked the part but didn't act the part up until finally that role in that movie. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't ever need to see Hugh Jackman play Wolverine again. Yeah. It, he did a good job. Let's well, the whole singer the universe was done for me after that. I'm like, we can just wrap it up now, right? No more. And they made two more X-Men films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's fine, man. I mean, what did you think of the movie? I, you know what? Like, man, I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix acted his ass off in this movie. Like, you can tell he put, like, every ounce of himself into every scene in this movie. And it, it really showed. Like, I, I think... Um, I, I think this is what DC needs to be doing instead of like trying to make this like expanded universe and kind of following Marvel and whatever they're doing. Like they just need to be making these like fucking weird art house style movies. Like I'm all in on on. that. Hold on on that one thought. Weird, crazy shit. Okay. But hold on that one thought. Here's my problem, right? This Joker ain't never meeting Batman. And that's fine. I'm fine with that's that. That's not going to be fine when Batman shows up in a movie and it's a different fucking Joker. I'm telling you. It's like, imagine they make a Lex Luthor movie. Superman never fucking shows up. The last three Batman movies or the last three movies we've had in DC that have had the Joker have had different Jokers. I didn't say in the fr- Yeah, and it's a problem. It's a colossal problem. And if you don't, I know you don't think that way now, but give it three years. Just like when Smallville started. And it was like, all right, well, eventually he'll wear the suit. Nope, never. And then Tom Willey never, never put that wear the suit from the beginning. And, and, and they kept to it for eight seasons. It wears on people, bro. Just like, here's my thing. So the DC EU movies came out, and the big fucking complaint from everyone was they're super dark. Why are DC movies so dark? The comic books aren't that dark. Batman is, but not everything else. To the point where it's a joke in a Deadpool movie. About how this is the DC universe that's so dark. Now everyone's like, they should be dark. I don't understand. I don't understand it. You know, I mean, I get everything should be its own thing, but I don't know, man. You know, like Nexus Birds of Prey, and that looks more like Aquaman, you know, and Shazam. Then there's, I think Batman and these street level characters should have more grit and be smaller in scope. I don't think Batman should be fucking fighting aliens and dark side and shit like that. That being said, there was no reason why this couldn't have easily have been a four to six episode series on a streaming network. And you would have even gotten a little bit more out of it. You know what I mean? Like you didn't need the music kind of carrying you through scenes and shit. So I think Batman as well could be a fucking badass limited series. And then on the theater, it'd be more of like an Arkham Asylum event film or something. But, dude, man, we're still two years out from the next Batman movie, and I'm telling you, a lot can happen in two years. This whole, this is everywhere. They should make these weird movies. They start making a, they start making what a Two Face film, and that ain't got nothing to do with Batman. And they make another Catwoman film that ain't got none. I'm telling you, it's gonna change. People aren't gonna feel that way. You know, especially when you get different when you really love this version, and he goes up against another version that you don't like. Let's say they cast 
they would never do this. But let's just say they cast Will Ferrell as fucking Batman. I mean, uh, Joker in the new Batman films, right? Or uh, uh, how about this? Dane DeHaan. Let's say they cast Dane DeHaan as the Joker. Then you're never – now you're going to get the DC guys fighting each other over who, who which Joker should be in the Batman film. Look, man, I've worked on DC merchandise. I worked on the Batman v Superman merchandise. I worked on Batman, Superman, like the, the, the regular comic book stuff. I've seen this shit go down. It's going to be really weird when they're fighting over which versions of these characters they wish they could see you know, against another version that they're getting. Like, it, I don't know, man. Like, it I sounds think the reason why now. we might see more of it is because this movie had, like, what, like a $25 million budget or something, like, super low, and it's it's making... It's, like, already doubled that, and it's probably going to tripling that here soon compared to, like, a Justice League movie where it was, like, four times as much. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just... I, I, Me, personally, I am so done with the whole huge like Marvel blockbuster stuff. Like I don't have to watch another superhero movie and I'll be fine. Like yeah, I went okay. into Joker because it was so different. And I, I really enjoyed that about it. Like it, it was like the taxi driver of superhero it was like, not the villain movies. Movie. I watched the taxi uh, driver three times a year. Like I wish it uh, were, it but absolutely it's not. It was like the closest really... thing get to taxi driver with a, yeah. a superhero movie um yeah. but i i just i liked it because it was different i i don't want more big budget superhero movies i'm i'm done with those personally um so i i liked it for what it was i i thought joaquin phoenix was amazing in it it was a lot of fun um well don't worry because you're gonna get a new joker every time they make a joker thing now i'm telling you this all sounds good to you now but i've already i've already what do you call that? War gamed it. It's not. It's not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be. People are going to get very confused. If in every James, look, I get it. They change James Bonds, but if every James Bond movie there was a new James Bond, it's going to fucking get old quick. So look, I, just write it down, and we'll talk in three years. <laughs> there was. I, I did see an interview with Joaquin Phoenix and said that he he would be up for playing a Joker again if there was a more of a story to tell. And so I don't I don't know if I'd really want to see him meeting Batman though. Like I, I think I liked it for what it was. Like I liked it. I, I agree with you that they did not need the whole like you know, like Wayne family leaving the the theater scene. Like I, I wish yeah. that wasn't even in there. Like we get it. You could have just had them like walking down the alley. You didn't have to do the whole Pearl thing. Whatever, like that's been done so many times, we don't need that. Um, that was for the but, people that Rob's talking about, though. Sketch is talking about, though. Like sure. that was the thing that I did enjoy. Was like, you get it. It was like the same <laughs> thing at the end of Prometheus. Like we didn't need to see something that looked like a xenomorph. We're not complete fucking morons, but thanks. But yeah, and I think sometimes you can kind of like recognize that. It's like, okay, I get it. Like this isn't this. This is for everyone else. Maybe that aren't intricately you know, like aware of what's happening. But I did like the fact that the movie left a lot open to interpretation um, and it, it kept you talking. And that's like one of the most fun things about a movie, I think, is like when you leave and the people that you oh, watch the movie, you, with, you can you can talk about it and say, like, what how did you interpret the ending? And, and hmm. there's a discussion there. I, I like, I like that. I can prove you wrong. OK, 
The Last Jedi. Well, The Last Jedi sucked. But do you know what you want to talk about interpreting the ending? Isn't that fun? How we can all interpret it differently? It's not fun, is it? See, here's the thing, Here's the thing. If they they shut up, if they shut everyone up in The Last Jedi and just played music over scenes where they're probably, you know what I mean? Like, look, this film, I know films that are sort of cut to, when they're cut to music that much, it's because they were trimming out dialogue that would fuck with story. You know, and that's fine. Movies are not made one way. The Godfather was, the whole movie was 80 yard. You know, if you ever listen to it, that movie was made in the editing room. It's fine. The first Star Wars film was made in the editing room. Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. I get all that. I'm not saying there's one way to do it. What I'm saying is there's going to be a different Joker and a different Batman, right? And all the people now says that's fine are not going to feel that's fine when they don't like that other Joker. And then there's going to be this backlash of why are we getting two? Why is there three different Wonder Women and six different Jokers? I'm telling you, dude. And, and this whole like, well, it's a multiverse. Look, you guys know who John Campy is? New. So Campy has been doing, uh, like he did Collider, AMC Movie Talk before that, then it became Collider. And now he has his own show and he's a film pundit, right? He's a pretty fair dude. I don't always agree with him, but he's a fair guy. So he's been on the Joker bandwagon for a while where he's like, I just want one and done. I'm tired of the shared cinematic universe like like Chris, which is fine. I, I don't care if you don't like some, whatever. There's tons of movies I don't get. I don't watch all the horror movies. I don't care. What I didn't get was Campy this week goes, Joker is the best comic movie I've seen this year. I'm like, okay, all right. That's an opinion. That's fair. 20 minutes later, someone asked him about uh, the multiverse thing crisis of infinite earths and he's like i don't like a multiverse because that you're saying that anything that happens in a different universe doesn't really count i just want this to be the thing that counts and i'm like the joker was a multiverse film like that makes no sense but i really don't think i think people are saying um i just want a one and done when they they they're saying that because i believe everyone else is saying it i don't think you really you you know there's gonna be imagine if they cast macaulay culkin Literally is the next Joker in Hell yeah. the Matt Reeves thing, right? Yeah, it's all fine and dandy, and but then you're gonna get these people. I wish the other Joker, and then is this the Joker's kid? You know, is this from that Joker? Were they tied? Why isn't the? the, the you know, I'm just telling you, man. It's it. I think this. Um, if this were gonna be a real Elseworlds film, and I said this before, then it, they should have done something where you know for 100 percent certain this could never be tied to batman and that's they should have killed the waynes it's pretty fucking obvious to me like it should have happened by that you mean kill bruce too yeah okay so you know you're in a world where there no batman's coming bro you know yeah, all these villains it's are kind coming. of at a place that they didn't honestly with how brutal this film was overall like how you saw what you did on live tv and then like for some reason a boy doesn't whatever but yeah it doesn't make sense honestly and I anticipate this movie studio at some point trying to shoehorn this in to continuity after the fact, one way or the other. You know, they just have a habit, dude. Warner Whatever Brothers, gets us away want. from Jared Leto is fine with me. You know, we say that too, and then they bring him back. I don't <laughs> do man. Like, I wish I could trust Warner Brothers, but they just—they're not doing very well. The problem the is company- that they're like trying to be too reactionary, and they do need to just do their own thing and just be their own selves. But you say that though, but like they are doing dollars. a pretty good job because Dude, they're spending two hundred million dollars on the next Batman film. Chris, do you understand? Like, like they haven't learned, you know? Like, but I so... mean, 
they do that. I think I think what you got to do is like you got to pick and choose like what are your big budget films, and obviously like Batman is a big budget movie. Spider Man is a big budget movie. If you go with like a, a an offshoot Joker movie, that's the kind of movie that could work if you do like a twenty five million dollar like indie style art house vibe of a movie and obviously it's working for them but i i think if you're gonna if, if you're warners and like you've got the dc uh like ip like and you're gonna put some money into uh an a, a series like batman's the one to do it in right you have to go full elseworlds if okay when i watch when i read gotham by gaslight you guys ever read that comic Yes. No, sorry. One of the first true Elseworlds ever. It's set in the Victorian era where Batman has to go up against Jack the Ripper, right? It's one of my favorite huh. comic book stories ever, right? Uh, would work. That's a true Elseworlds story. This feels like, oh, this feels like a prequel to the Ben Affleck Batman universe, but not really, where this was a version of the Joker and maybe, you know, because it's set in the 80s and you're doing the math. I like the world building they did with this film where you know, the reason why Gotham is a shithole is because they had a garbage strike that may have gone on for 10 fucking years. The place has got giant rats. It's filled with garbage. I get all that. Problem is, it's not going to be connected. And then this Joker versus – could you – okay, they're going to have – let's say they do make another – let's say make Joker's Wild, whatever, Joker's Revenge, whatever, Joker 2. Um, and it's not tied to the Batman film. After the Batman film comes out and there's a different Joker, that's when it's going – I'm writing it down, dude. I can't wait. In 2021, we get to all sit around and have this conversation. <laughs> like, how you feel now? You know? Like, and when you like, you want two more different Shazams? Can I get a different Shazam? And can I get a different Aquaman? Can we do a low-budget, you know, like, uh, Clayface movie that doesn't have anything to do with the con? I mean, I don't know, dude. All I'm uh, thinking about now is a Clayface movie, since we were already talking about horror films. If that was turned into a horror film somehow, that would be great. I just wish, you know... These sorts of things are what a streaming network is for, you know, like these low yeah. budget, different interpretations. Look with the cinematic budget. I'm not saying without, you know, do a limited run in the theater, but you uh, got that with just, Swamp Thing in DC Universe. No, that shit is like cosplay. <laughs> fucking, I have a I feeling mean? like <laughs> when uh, um, the Disney uh, shit. What's a Disney streaming thing called? Disney. That's- Disney universe. Plus. I don't know. Fuck. Disney Plus. Yeah, when that, I think we might start to see people trying to dive into that with the movie budget for um for stuff that's only on a streaming network. So we'll see. How well, they're that doing that with then. Marvel and everything. Like the yeah. visual effects look and Mandalorian, which comes out less than a month, I'm prepaid. Um, but look, they've already Netflix did it with Daredevil. Looked amazing. Didn't look like a movie. It looked like a fucking badass TV show. Logo. And I'm like, why don't they do the turtles like this? I want turtles in suits that continue the continuity from the first film. You know, oh, uh, yeah, shoot okay. it in New York on location. Keep it low scale, not giant Michael Bay CGI fest. So, look, man, whatever. At the end of the day, you go see this movie, you're going to have a good time. It's nowhere near as violent as John Wick 3. You know what I mean? On that level. Okay, it's well, no, you're as, correct. <laughs> I, I don't think it's anywhere near as deep as Requiem for a Dream on any level whatsoever for, in terms of dealing with mental issues and everything else. But as a world-building film, it's pretty cool. It's just a shame it's not going to exist in any kind of Batman continuity. You're like, it's, I don't know, man. It's a bummer on some levels, but it's cool on the others, you know? So I give it a solid three, three and a half, dude. And I'm a picky dude, so you know, I think the average person would give this a four and a half. 
rating. I think DC needed a win, and this was a good win for them. Yeah, I agree with that. Nice. Uh, let's talk about what else we've been watching uh, this past couple of weeks. Uh, Scotty, what have you been watching? The only other thing is Monster Squad. Uh, I wish you had been on the show to talk about that, Chris. So do you want to give your two cents on that great movie right now? <laughs> and I, so here's the thing. Like, I started this whole week out by listening to the Scrubverse podcast. And I got to admit, it kind of made me a little mad because I felt like they were shitting on it the whole time. And uh, yeah, it, I, I really lost a lot of respect. They're out of this. They're fired. They're gone. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. They're fine. But I just, anytime like they ever have give any sort of uh, opinion on a movie, I'm not going to view it the same as I would have before listening to that podcast because they kind of shit on Monster Squad. They, they, how do you, how do you not feel like the charm, the 80s, like cheesiness? And all of what makes Monster Squad so much fun, uh, when you don't watch, when you watch the movie, like I, I they, they didn't get it. Uh, I haven't gotten through all of uh, last week's sideshow episode yet. Okay, so, I think um, you'll you'll I, feel better when you get to the end. I think because I know Scrovers Chris did say he watched it again, and uh, Corey, uh, I think I don't know if he watched it again or not, but. Man, this is a movie that I grew up on, and I will say that I probably watched Monster Squad more than I did Goonies growing up. So yeah, we talk. Uh, listen to the whole episode. That's the sideshow that Chris is talking about for patrons only right now. But I will say, I think the problem was, or not the problem, but just the fact of the matter is, they watched it as logical adults, not as children just enjoying a Halloween movie. And here's the thing, though, too, is that this movie. This was one of the first times we'd seen all of the Universal Monster characters in a film. Oh, this is the Dark Universe. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> this was like the first Dark Universe. Uh, but, I mean, like, yeah, like, you, you you think about that. Like, I mean, it wasn't, like, the 50s, the 60s and stuff. Like, that's when these characters were together. Um, and they just kind of had been an afterthought until... Uh, Monster Squad came out and we we had, you know, like, you know, Dracula, we had Wolfman, you know, we had uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, we had the mummy, like all of these iconic horror characters, we finally had them back again. And we also had the mom from Goonies and Fright Night in there. Like, I mean, what more can you want uh, from from that movie? Um, I just got to say, man, like, I'm just disappointed in the Scrubverse guys, like, as a whole. <laughs> it's funny you say that, but it, it, Rachel and I defended it well, so I think you, you'll enjoy how the episode ends, but um, it's still, it, it's a good movie. I, I enjoy Monster Squad. That's probably going to become a tradition. I don't know how I hadn't seen it earlier in my life, but um, yeah, that's neither. Uh, for some reason, that reminded me, and also Cinemassacre's thing on Ernest Scared Stupid. I need to watch that soon. But uh, otherwise, though, haven't really watched much. Just trying to been, uh, stream and fix my setup and all that good stuff. But uh, the the month is still young. Nice. So. Um, and, and like you said too, uh, on I think uh, this this week's sideshow, um, I I showed that movie to Odin maybe like two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. So he would have been about five. And that was one of the first 
kind of scary movies I ever showed him. There's and some spooky parts. There are some le- like legit, like especially probably the scariest part maybe was the opening scene where it had the the, the female vampires like coming and and trying to kill the men, the human men that were coming in to to try to protect the uh, the virgin female as she's yeah, uh, reciting Van, like, Van Helsing and his crew. Exactly. Um, that was pretty scary, man. <laughs> like that was, that was uh, intense. Uh, but Odin, like that was his first kind of, uh, you know, like moment, like seeing these characters and stuff. And he loved it as a kid. Like I remember, and he wanted to see more of like Frankenstein and Wolfman and stuff. So that movie itself, I showed him that he loved it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the, uh, there was a Blu-ray collection of all the original universal monster films. I bought that and we started watching them together. And, uh, and he loved like Wolfman. That was like his main character that he, he kind of connected to. And so he was like about five years old. He wasn't old enough to go to school yet. So he was still in, in, in kinder or daycare. And I ended up buying him like a little Wolfman plushie. And he loved it so much that he would take it with him to daycare every day and like sleep with him. And it was just like the cutest thing ever. That's the teachers cool. thought we were like weirdos, like coming oh, in. Whatever. And it was just like, he loves this guy. Like that's, he named him Wolfie. Um, and that's what he would uh, bring did he, with him. Did he, did he run around telling the teachers he's got nards? Thankfully he didn't because <laughs> that's probably a whole other conversation we'd have. But, yeah. um, but man, that, that just movie, man, it, it is it holds a special place in my heart uh for like pop culture especially like 80s pop culture it ha- it it's it's very quotable movie yeah uh, and i i still just love it and you go to like horror conventions and you'll still see someone with like a red t-shirt that says like stephen king rules and you're just like i i i got gotcha. like you're yeah. you're you're a good person that um did you see the soundtrack that mondo uh tees put out the vinyl thing no, 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 I didn't see that. Uh, I will find it very quickly because, uh, I mean, Rachel's going to own it, but I'll uh, I'll individually message it to you, but the um, the artwork is great. It looks like an old, like, newspaper ad for um, Halloween costumes and stuff. Um, but you're into vinyl. You might dig that. I might have just made you $35 uh, poor, but whatever. You probably did, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's really that's uh yeah no it's it's a good movie it's a fun movie it's a good time it's uh which it's it's definitely the perfect kids movie because it just moves a mile a minute like there's no there's no slowdown because we watched it the second time for the for the sideshow and i was like i don't know if we're gonna be able to stay up because we started it at like 10 30 and we're like oh we're we gonna be able to stay awake and then i'm like taking notes and before we know it there's only 10 minutes left because it's just non-stop uh boom 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 doesn't make any sense tons of plot holes but it's still a good time monster squad's a fun thing Rudy is the best, the most. He's the fucking character. best. I, I love he's, him. My favorite line in the whole thing <laughs> is when he shoves the kids out of the way with a couple of stakes and he lights a cigarette. And he's like, "I'm part of the goddamn club, aren't I?" It's I'm great. in the goddamn club, <laughs> yeah, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> God, I love it. That's oh, good stuff. That's really been it for me, though. So good, um, man. Uh, I just got back from watching the Adams Family, the animated movie. I took uh, Odin and uh, his buddy. Uh, today to go see that. That was a fun film. It uh, played like more, I guess, uh, focused more heavily like on the the original 
like uh TV show from way back in the day versus like the movies that came out like later. Oh, uh, interesting. It was it was fun. There was this one uh part in it. So I guess you could say it was kind of an origin story for the Adams family because it was originally oh, set God. when Gomez and Morticia were getting married uh back okay. in like, Eastern Europe or wherever they were from. And sure. all of the the villagers like came and kind of uh ran them out. Like, you know, like the villagers with the pitchforks and torches that yeah. are coming to uh to, you know, burn everything, right? So it forced them to run away and, and find a new land. And there was this bit of dialogue at, that we find particularly hilarious that uh, they're like, we, we, we have to find a place that's so bad and, and so dreary that no one would ever want to go there. Let's go to New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and in, in the theater, it everyone got a huge kick of it. Everyone started laughing. Obviously, I live in New Jersey. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And the the point being is that the original creator of the Adams family and the original Adams family house is here in New Jersey. Um, oh, and I didn't so know it that. played a bit of homage to that. Yeah. Like uh, you can actually visit the original Adams family house and they have like whole things. They did a premiere for this film at the Adams family house, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, and it was a fun, it was a fun movie. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, Wednesday, had a really neat uh, kind of subplot to her character where she wanted to uh, kind of venture out into the real world and, and kind of rebel against her parents and be more of a normal girl and, and wear like normal girl clothes and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was a little weird. It was fun. It, it was kind of unique to its own uh, story and the kids had a lot of fun with it. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I liked it more than I thought I was going to because I heard some some mixed reviews for it, but it was it was a fun film. Uh, and then I also watched. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have been subscribing to the the Shutter app. It's like a it's kind of like a Netflix streaming service for horror movies, but they just started doing uh, Creep Show a few weeks ago, uh, which is kind of a uh, a series that was made way back in the day between Stephen King and George Romero. I'm sure you guys have probably seen that the, yep. the original creature back in the day. You saw my little crate of the werewolf thingy. Right. So they, they have like three episodes out so far and each episode has like two different, uh, uh, mini episodes, I guess it's like an anthology series, but they've got like some really cool, uh, uh, you know, bits with horror icons that are in it. So like there's, uh, I, for, I forget his name, but the original uh, actor from uh, Reanimator uh, is one of the, oh, the episodes. that's cool. Yeah. And there's just a lot of cool, uh, DJ Qualls is, is in this one episode, which is actually really, really good. Um, it's, it's surprisingly good. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you, are into you know horror and you want you know obviously like we're in October and so you're you might be looking for something to watch that's that's scary and everything check out Shutter it's like it's only like four bucks a month and there's a ton of content on there and plus Joe Bob is doing a uh, Halloween Hootenanny uh, live stream here in a few weeks which is going to be super awesome I'm I'm really excited about that so. 
cool. good stuff on the horror front. There's, there's, that's the thing, man. Like, if you're a horror fan, there is just so much stuff to watch. And also on Shutter, we watched Train to Busan. Have you guys ever heard of that? I've heard it's of it. Korean I haven't film. seen it though. It's nope. a, it's, it's a Korean zombie movie set on like a bullet train where basically this guy gets on uh, a train and he's taking his daughter to visit his ex-wife uh, like in like a different part of Korea. And somehow a zombie gets on the, the, the train with them and starts infecting people. And it starts spreading throughout the train. He's trying, like, trying to protect his daughter. And it's surprisingly like really, really good. Like it's just... I we I, I heard like a lot of good things about it and I started watching it with my wife I think Friday night and she's like oh come on I don't want to watch this movie like I I, I want to watch like something else and I was like let's just just watch a few minutes of it I ended up falling asleep and she watched the whole thing and loved it and she told me the next day she's like you got to check this out it's super super good so um, Shutter actually has some uh, some really really good uh, horror movies on it so if you guys need something to watch check out Shutter. Are you there? Yeah, yeah sorry. Here. I <laughs> thought I was not muted. I am muted, okay. or I was muted, but um, no, I feel like we'll inevitably have Shudder in this house, probably. Yeah, I think your uh, your girlfriend would, would probably like it, so. Yeah, but with Disney coming out with a thing and whatever else, we got to get rid of CBS Access because Big Brother's over, and I don't even know. Blah. Is there um, any other uh, stuff you guys have been watching that you want to talk about? Not really. Uh, Invader Zim, Enter the Floor, but... Go watch that. Is that a movie, or is they did they do a series, or what? I've lost it's track of everything. Okay, because there's the Rocco's movie. There's now that movie I need to see. So there's plenty. It's good fun. Nice, sweet. Uh, is it time for the mailbag, Scotty? Oh boy, is it? Let me find it. Here it is. Oh boy, and there it is. Okay, up on the Twitter, unmasked Blake first asks, decapitap? Uh, nope, decap attack and Mister Bones crossover when? And then he left us a lovely screenshot of the horrible, well, <laughs> just that artwork from decap attack. Um. Mr. Bones is a difficult game that is, it changes the control and the theme and like the genre, every level. Man, I suck at that game. Decap Attack's not too bad. I don't know. Could you guys think we'll ever see a crossover game of that? I hope not. The first, the first level of Mr. Bones is fun and then it's not fun after that. Um, That is the correct opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Decap Attack is infinitely a, a more fun game. Um, the problem with like uh, um, Ed Nunziata games is he likes to make a game that you, he puts you right into the game and doesn't explain like what you're supposed to do. So you're like, God damn it, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And there's just like, this is in an age where people were still, you know, like that you'd go to the instruction book to tell you what to do, but even that like didn't help you out with it. So like Echo the Dolphin, uh, uh, shit. What was the um, the uh, the hummingbird game? Calibri, things yeah. like that. Like it just it didn't help you out to do anything. And he likes to put people in. And I think it maybe he gets some sort of like weird satisfaction from knowing that players are playing his game and not knowing what the hell to do. I didn't know he did Mr. Bones. He did Three Dirty Dirty Dwarves as well, and that game is fucking difficult as well. Sheesh. Also going to be in Mega Visions issue 10. (laughs) It's a good game. It's just hard. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, Ed Anunziata, man. He's a he's a weird dude. Uh, but what would you call this? Like Mr. What, oh, Bones what would attack? the name be? Um, Decap Bones. Oh boy, uh, Decap a bone. I don't know. Bones. Give me them bones. Cap them bones. Yeah. Um, and then uh, migraine boy <laughs> at planet. Untitled, hmm? Hold on, untitled bone game. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Boom! Uh, file that away for later. Migraine boy at Planet Dob asks, "What are your favorite and least favorite things about making Mega Visions? Hope this doesn't cause an argument. And thanks for all your hard work." <laughs> Let's let Sketch answer this one first. Look, guys, I don't want you to think I hate making game magazines, but I hate making game. <laughs> this is not a good time to ask me about this. Like, like here's the thing. Um, I am so excited for other people to make this magazine right now. Like, I uh, I have other things I want to do in my life. I think the thing about game magazines that's a bummer is that people fucking don't want to read it until you shove it in their hands and they go, oh, this this is something I would get and I don't even like game magazines. Yeah, it's very right? hard. Like, and you guys have seen that firsthand, like, at Too Many Games when we were out there. That's what we went to, right? Too many games? Yep. Yes. Yes. We were at too many. I was like, what one did we go? I don't remember the name of these things. So when we're out there and people were like, I would never buy a fucking game magazine. They're looking at it like, this looks better. I'm like, yeah, thank you. So I think that's the thing that the stigma of a game magazine is naturally a junky, you know, adware shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it'd be like if we all got together and made a mobile game, it would be fucking awesome. But you know what the problem is? It's a mobile game. <laughs> we got to mm. get over the hump of telling people, you know, that's, that's the frustrating. The best part though, is when it's complete and you hold it in your hands and you're like, this was worth all the effort, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, um, I sent my dad an issue recently and he's like, Scott, this is really well done. Like he didn't, he, I mean, he's supportive of me and that's every, and that's great and everything, but he was more so like surprised that after I told him a video, I was doing a video game magazine that I was actually making a good product or part of making a good product. <laughs> like he was more you surprised. You something nice for once in your life. Yeah. I was like, it was very, very hard for me to not say, I was like, yeah, what did you expect? It's not trash. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> like, so, but yeah, it's very, that's very much along those lines. Um, I have to say for me, like the, the worst part is when I, I get the, the, uh, the, the layout like from Sketchcraft and it's like, okay, here we go. We have like the InDesign files and then I get the text from one of the writers and then I drop in the text and realize like we're 150 words short of like what we need to fill out the text. I'm like, god damn it so what are we gonna do now like i so i have one of two choices i go to scotty and i'm like scotty you gotta write 150 words extra on your review of like you know like samba de amigo uh or i have to go and research like you know like on wikipedia and everywhere else where i can find some more information to kind of like flesh out this review to be able to get it to where, you know, like all the content can fill out the rest of the page. Let me write um, a full that's... paragraph about these maracas. <laughs> See, but that's where I feel like that can be avoided. And I've, I've been saying this to you guys for forever. That can be avoided if if we were all talking about the game, right? Like, say we were having a podcast. Let's say we knew we had 10 games to do. And we all just, you know, every day, once a day for 10 days, talked about each game. 
you'd have three people talking and then you could just transcribe the transcribing would take a while but you would have tons of fucking you would have more than enough words you know what i mean the problem is is when you're just trying to generate that one conversation from your own head and you you know naturally a lot of those articles fall into when i was a kid this game was great and it's like you can't keep doing that so then it turns into historical i just think that okay when we're all arguing over the joker that's a hell of a conversation versus one of us writing a review you see what i mean like right that and i just think like that's where the i just feel to avoid that i just feel like if those guys are playing those games and we all talked about it that that could be avoided because i think the conversation about games are more important to me than an actual this is our you know stated review of a game like you know it always sucks at play when someone would naturally be assigned a game that didn't like that genre right you'd always get that i'm not a fan of final fantasy 7 but i had to do the review and you're like oh no mm-hmm. no <laughs> like if he was one of two other people or she was one of two other people then you could have one person who says i don't get it because of this and then the other person could explain it and then that person go, yeah, I totally get that. I still don't care. That'd be one thing. You know, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it, it's not always the most, it's certainly not time, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to do that. But uh, I just feel that, that that could be avoided. I, I think too, Chris, what was I saying? Um, remember when we were at E3, we were in line to get coffee with Marson. Was it Marson? Marson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had just had the E3 special. Right, we were pimping that out everywhere, and we got a lot of good feedback. People were like, "Wow, this looks great!" You know, the guys at FDG were super excited. So we're in line, and Jason Schreier was right behind me, and I was a big fan of. I'm still a big fan of Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. I think it's a really great book and inside look at game development. And I was like, "Hey, Jason, dude, hey, we're putting together a magazine. This is what we do." And I remember he just looked at it, and he was like. Really great time to get into that business, huh? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I also work on Spyro. You know what I mean? He was like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it, it, development went great. No, no inside stories to tell, but, you know. <laughs> so it is, it is a shame that when you do make something, you know, and you could put it in front of people who, who, who might be able to, like, spread the word and they're just, you know, they're done with that. You know, they're like, yeah, it's not my thing, you know? And that's that's fine. But, like, here's the thing, like, that I always go back to is, like, anybody can make a fucking website and write about video games. Like, literally, like, anyone could do it today. It wasn't always the case. It wasn't always the case 15 (laughs) years ago when we started Sega Nerds and everything else. Like, no one was, not everyone was doing that. And that's why we did that. Um but then it got to the point 15 years later where like literally like, everyone can have a a website or anyone can make a YouTube channel and everyone can write and talk about video games. But like how many people can actually make a video game magazine today? And for me, and I, I can't talk for, you know, like for you guys and, and anyone else out there, but like for me personally, like I, I find the things that like, like really interest me are the things that people aren't doing anymore and the things that people can't do anymore. Like I, I want to find interesting ways to, to, to do those things than just do the same thing everyone else is doing. And I don't care if like, you know, the Jason Triers out there don't care about that. Like that's fine with me. They can keep doing Kotaku and all those other magazines or websites. Um, 
I'm interested in doing like something different. And so that's the I thing think for that you. It would have been more like if Blake Harris had not cared. You know what I'm What's saying? That? You, you, if Blake Harris hadn't cared about Mega Visions, you probably would have been like, ah, oh, that sucks. You're not like mad or bummed out about it, but you would have been like, darn it. You know? Um, I don't know. Like, Maybe like I probably Dude, you know you I, so if, if it was like Tom Kalinsky, if I if I had talked to him and he was like this is absolutely the wrong thing to do what are you doing with your life I probably would have been like well like you know like I, I super Jason value his you um, his so he just gave that he just gave that stock answer that anyone who's just familiar with game magazines because it's not Jason or anyone who thinks that way it's what game magazines did to themselves. Game magazines turned into so it used to be back in the nineties, eighties and nineties. It was very enthusiast driven. It was like let's do the wacky, crazy review, right? And in character, and then everyone wanted to take gaming super serious around the time Next Generation magazine came out, and then you know you get Edge after that and whatever. And so it was like you got to take gaming serious, and all that fun left fucking game magazines. It got super serious. And then it got super uh, ad-driven, right? So a lot of those well-written you know, written articles were tied to uh, ads, interior cover ads and ad space. Um, and then it became very generic because it had to get past PR. And when the ads went away, the magazines died because they didn't have any money to print the magazine. All that fun craziness went to early YouTube. And then now YouTube reviews kind of alternate into the same thing, right? They're all kind of placating to the clickbait, whatever YouTube says will work to get in their algorithm, you know? And you can kind of see that, like, what was it the story came out this week that Facebook, you know, inflated their video views by like 900%, you know, years ago. So all that push to video just bankrupted a lot of people who used to write on sites. And it was all for nothing. Like College Humor, you know, had went through that same problem. CollegeHumor.com. Um, so I just think game magazines, like, when you're like, hey, I want to make a quality product that you can, like, hold in your hand. And if you love games, like, I, you know, man, dude, you know right now, if we ran the same Sonic game, as a, if we ran Sonic 3 as the cover for 12 issues, people would still buy it. You know what I mean? Because you could still, as long as the article was written differently and it was a different conversation, you just focus. You could hyper focus on that game for twelve issues, and fans will continue to read it so long as there's passion behind what you're doing, and it comes across. If it's just we slap Sonic on the logo, so we got a Sonic cover, then they're gonna see through that shit for the generic piece of trash it is. Um, and it's just hard, and I, I would say beyond hard, it feels at times to me, folks, almost impossible to break through that zeitgeist. Now I've said that before in the past and then, you know, then it does. So things that I've worked on do break through and it's like, okay, so you just got to keep like, the question is how long can you, and you should answer this, Chris, how long can you continue to make a quality product that very few people give a shit about just to weather the storm to break through? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like how long can you do it? You know? I, I, for me personally, it's, uh, how, however long I'm having fun doing it, you know, like mm-hmm. if, if I'm, if I'm getting personal gratification of it and I know that we have an audience, I'm, I'm fine doing it, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's when I'm no longer having fun and I feel like we don't have an audience, then it's time to walk away for me personally. Uh, right. but until that time I'm, I'm all in. 
So, so long answer to a short question. The yeah. long, an- the, the short, the short answer is issue nine is our last issue. <laughs> We're not <laughs> doing it anymore. Yeah. It's my last issue yeah. in terms of graphic. You know, just never ask me what I don't like about doing something right when I'm trying to finish it. <laughs> you know, it's like asking a film director. You know, hey man, what about the movie? Would you change? You're like, I would fucking kill myself. You know, like they just they go crazy at the end. That's why I always feel bad for movie people when they have to do those press junkets after releasing the film. Because you're like that's the worst thing. It's like yeah, Yeah. like I mean, they they probably the last thing they want to do is talk about the movie, but they have to go and talk about the movie and answer the same goddamn question again and again and again. I feel bad for them, you know. Yeah, we only got to do it once on the podcast, so it's like fine. But imagine if we had to do it, you know, it's worse for the director because they're there all the way. At least the actors probably didn't see the film for a year, but directors there in the in the editing bay, literally probably the night before. You know, looking at hundreds of hours of stuff. So that's sort of where I feel like now. Um, I'll say this, though, dude. Like, just to end it all, uh, it may look like we we and Nintendo 4 might, we might be the last ones in America pretty soon, sadly, you know? For Game yeah. Magazine, you know? It's getting to be that way. We should and give that's, a a, that's a bummer. We should give a shout-out to, um, oh, man, Scotty, can you help me out here? Huh? What was what was the uh, the website that uh, linked to us this past like week? Um, uh, oh 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 oh! oh uh, it's Frank Cifaldi's, uh like video game like. Uh, yeah, let me find that real quick. Sorry. Um, he actually so Frank Cifaldi, he runs like a uh, like a, a a video game like a uh, history museum. The Video Game History Foundation. Is what he runs. Yeah, so gamehistory.org. At gamehistory.org is their Twitter thing. But gamehistory.org, yeah. Is that the and one in the UK? This is US based. Okay. And he he uh, he made a post on the website where they basically detailed all of the current uh, still in publication video game magazine. And most of them are either uh, Minecraft or Fortnite focused. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's of, amazing. <laughs> of the ones that are not, um, there's Edge. Um, let's see, uh, which had a picture of a Minecraft craft block on it, but whatever. <laughs> we can still include Game Informer for the time being. Um, I don't know how how long we'll be able to to include them, but um, we have like a Hyperplay RPG, which is a a very kind of niche. Uh, RPG uh, magazine that's uh, published in the UK and a, a few others, but there's not many outside of uh, like Nintendo Force, Mega Visions, uh, Retro Gamer. There's a Retro Fusion. Did you hear about this one? Then they team uh, up with uh, Zap sixty four or something like that. So Retro Fusion is what has come from Retro Game Magazine, from oh. Pico Interactive is is their new name for the magazine. Um, Why would he change the name? I don't know. It was called I Retro. So oh, you know why what... he doesn't want to do retro games? Hence the fusion. <laughs> So so the uh, the little snippet from the the article says, formerly Retro Magazine, Retro Fusion is a North American syndicated version of Fusion out of the UK. As of this writing, the first issue has not shipped. So there you go. (laughs) Um, What I I think it's going to be is it's going to heavily feature Pico Interactive uh, published 
indie games. I think I, I have a uh, sneaking suspicion of what that will be. Um, is it too late to do a magazine entirely based off Flappy Bird? Absolutely am not. I, am, I, like, am I behind? Has it come around yet? Can we do that? Retro I mean, it'll probably be on the <laughs> it'll probably be on the app, Apple Arcade somehow, some way, shape, or form. So it's called like Flappy Mags. Flappy Mag. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 if it, it does flap, but you can actually. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, so I think Frank for, for that um, that was pretty cool of him to include us in that. Um, but you know what, man, I'm just happy that there's still other game magazines out there. Like Retro Gamer, obviously, is kind of like the the the, the class of of the whole retro game magazine. But there's still a lot of other indie game magazines like you know switch player uh nintendo force uh and us out there so still keeping that dream alive and we'll we'll keep it going yeah um for my favorite and least favorite thing my favorite thing is handing the magazine to people and just blowing their minds and watching that happen in real time um my least favorite thing is when and this is not just isolated to this magazine but when i'm i volunteer to write a review and then i'm writing the review i'm like all right i think i hate this game how many more words i gotta go oh a thousand fucking hell so (laughs) scud (laughs) yeah scud wasn't too bad i that game is difficult but i had fun talking about the comic book um the fucking captain america boy you guys will see what i think of that um so it mm, uh, well it's a 20 minute game by yourself though yeah but it's also super short and somehow i had to talk a lot about it yeah but but you see dude i look man and it's not nostalgia you know no it's not in the arcade what what worked with that game was you always just threw a quarter in so someone else would play with you and when you had all four going it yeah you could play through the game in 20 minutes but then you played it again like it it it's a different those arcade games like the simpsons simpsons fairly well because the characters are so strong there's not enough personality in those avengers yeah matter one way or the other right but when the personality comes from when i get to be captain america and you get to be you know vision and you're flying around zapping dudes and i can't you know like that cannot be recreated by the single player experience at home i don't think you know no it can't and i thought about that while i was writing it too but i didn't know how to adequately mimic that so yeah shit on it That's a little bit but um <laughs> anyway discord uh questions uh tj katsune asks favorite horror themed sega games for me i'm gonna say again it bleed i'm gonna say uh splatterhouse 3 which we'll be talking about on the sideshow eventually uh other ones that i can't think of let me see i need to play deep fear i do have that now um if it counts as a horror game because it was on dreamcast then resident evil 2 but it'll bleed's definitely number one for me probably oh and i almost forgot about uh condemned they've not aged Ooh. well but they were it was a good series you son of a bitch i was gonna say that oh you can go ahead your turn <laughs> Um, instead of Condemned, uh, I will say Master of Darkness on the, the Sega Master System, which is okay. one of my favorite games, um, because this is, an, it, it's, this is an interesting time in Sega's history, because uh, this was when Sega had the Master System. That was like their, their world release console that they're really pushing, and Nintendo was basically like strong arming all the third parties and saying like hey if you want to publish games on our on our console you cannot publish them elsewhere uh meaning that you can't publish it on the master system 
And so that meant like Sega couldn't get a Castlevania game on the Sega Master System. And so internally, Sega was like, okay, we need to create some games that are like some of the more popular games on the Nintendo uh, Entertainment System. And one of those games was Castlevania. And they came up with the idea of uh, Vampire Master of Darkness, which was a a, a very uh, a heavily Castlevania-inspired game. Uh, but you are basically uh, Dr. Ferdinand Social, uh, mm. who's looking to hunt down Dracula in London. Um, and it's there is a lot of things that game does that is better than uh, Castlevania 1 and 2, if you go back and, and look at it. Go back and play it and compare it against Castlevania 1 and 2. Um, and there is some things that it does that uh, is undeniably better. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, like... I just found your review on Seconders for it. <laughs> <laughs> I did write a review. And that's fine. It's subjective. You can like it <laughs> all you want. Um, Chris, I the first sentence in your review... Too. The first sentence in your review for this game is, you know, Nintendo used to be a giant asshole. That's the first <laughs> sentence. <laughs> used to be. They still are. Little, Fuck them. Little, 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 little news media bias there for you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's pretty much, I think most people who know Nintendo back in the day, I think will pretty much agree that Nintendo was a giant dick in the 80s. Um, a giant Japanese dick. Um, oh I think a better game to relate that game to is Haunted Castle, the shitty original version of Castlevania in the arcade. This it's game was, closer. Master of Darkness was made directly, like, I mean, it's <laughs> so, like, it's, it's a Castlevania See, Scotty, I'm, I'm what, what, what the audience and Scotty doesn't know is I argued with Chris for about three hours about a month ago over this game. <laughs> like, just generically on the chat. Because I was like, yeah, fuck Master of Darkness. And he was like, fuck Master of Darkness. Like, I was like, oh, I opened up a Pandora's box. I, this <laughs> game, I think it's... So lame. It, a little it, nice. It's, it's easy to dismiss <laughs> Master of Darkness nice. as a, a Castlevania clone. Um, which I won't... I won't try to say that Sega wasn't trying to do that, but I do think it does enough on its own to, to kind of make it its, its own game. Uh, and I, I mean, what else was Sega supposed to do back then? They were, they were trying to, to reach an audience and saying like, Hey, we have these style of games here. Um, if Nintendo wasn't basically strong arming all the third parties, they wouldn't have to do this. So I think That's Master Darkness, the, the first and second chapter to console wars. It didn't work. That's why they brought Tom Kalinske on. Yeah, no, it didn't work. I'm not. I'm not saying that it was like a, a smart, necessarily like you know, business move. But I think it was. It's a very interesting time uh, in like kind of like the game history where they were basically like looking at some of like the popular games that were being published elsewhere. Like, let's develop in house our own versions of these. And that's how you, you know, you started getting like streets of rage. You started getting like eternal champions and master of darkness, all these other games. Um, I, I just find Nobody it. Nobody has ever likened streets of rage, uh, eternal champions and master of darkness in the same line. Well, we just did it. The magazine. <laughs> We're the, breaking history here. The magazine <laughs> app for this game is phenomenally bad. And yeah. I'll just let people look that up. Uh, yeah, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, I didn't mention House Save of the Dead. Favorite Holy horror shit! Games. Yeah, throw that, that was, in there you know, too. That was my pick. Sorry, I'm just talking about. I like, it. How, 
I like how Scotty names just every horror game before we can say what our favorite ones are. <laughs> I'm just dead, House of the Dead. I'm you know bringing I mean? them up. The only thing I got left is Typing of the Dead and that Werehog game. You know what I mean? Like, you're oh. not leaving me with much, Scotty. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just bringing them up so we can all discuss them. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Sketchcraft. Yeah, well, that would be it, right? Uh. <laughs> Typing of the Dead was pretty good. The Werehog mm-hmm. game was interesting. Uh, Decap Attack is actually pretty good. You know, it's a fun game. The Werehog game uh, is a game. Unleashed, Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, man, it's a horror game. It turns into a Werehog. Yep. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the haunting. Or haunting. haunting. Is it just called haunting? With Poltergeist? Oh, Poltergeist. I know it's Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a weird game, though. That's, that's one that, you know, I found out as a kid, Joke Cola and, and Donuts help with that game. Yeah, it was probably. those Zombie Ate My Neighbors, you know, but it was an interesting, fun little title. Yeah. Uh, like a rental. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, yeah. Chris, I'm surprised you didn't that- mention Night Trap. Oh or, shit! Right? Or um, what the hell? What, what, what the hell is the other one now? I can't remember. The CNC he, Music Factory. No. That he swears by. Super uh, oh my gosh! What is the other one? Not is it Corpse Killer? Is that the one that he loves? He's not talking Corpse right King. now, so we're gonna put words into his mouth and say that it's probably Corpse Killer. See, he table flipped because I didn't agree with him on Master of Darkness. It's like he broke his mic, and it's gone. It's got, gone. The dude's got a little knife. He's got a little knife. <laughs> it's like I, let me take a game called Castle. Va- First off, just think how great that name is, Castlevania. Right? Mm-hmm. It's such a great name. The music phenomenal. It's got a whip and shit, man. You're fighting actually, like like you know Frankenstein's and Dracula's Master of Darkness. It's like a you know like. It's like they try to get too smart. They're like, let's mix the third man uh, and, and 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 some Castlevania together and make it like a noir piece. It's like it just doesn't, you know. Like it, I think that idea would have worked if it was like a point and click adventure. Oh my! You know, but yeah. the, the limitations of that platform, the color palette, and the play control didn't didn't work. It would have been cooler if they had taken like, uh, like the engine from Space Harrier. Or out and like like done like a van where you drive oh. and shoot zombies or something. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So and look, think... if you're thinking Rob didn't have those ideas back in the '80s, you're fucking wrong. I've been telling people this shit since 1987. <laughs> so <laughs> just telling the wrong people, I guess. Uh, no one cared in my one hick town. You yeah. Know? So. Um, one I I don't know if it's we can't really say it's Sega because it was on other stuff, but Zombies Ate My Neighbors is always something to talk about if you got this Splatterhouse that yeah. was big on the gym. But we're talking about mattress system games for a bit there, so there was that. I yeah. mean, plus, let's not forget Castlevania was on Saturn, 17 of the night, right? One right. of the best. Rondo Bloods, and you know, one of my favorite Castlevanias of all time. You know, the prequel to uh, uh, Castlevania, but that I mean, that's technically an NEC title, but you know, the first time. Oh, with Dracula X was the one I play on the Genesis. I always get those two confused when I think about it. Um, you know, horror games, though, like, the Resident Evil was on Saturn, right? The first one? Yeah, the first one was, and then the second one and the third and Veronica were on Dreamcast. And just no one re- realized that Resident Evil was on the Saturn. Everyone just Oh, man. I played the shit out of that version. It, had, I only it remember was the first it one to have, like, a battle me. mood mode. I only remember it being behind me when I worked at the register. Like, ah, it's on the fucking system. Huh? Like, if I had never opened it up, like, it just sat there. You know, like, you know what, guys? I think the most famous horror game ever attributed to Sega would have been Mortal Kombat. Because they, if you really think about it, they marketed that whole game as being violent. 
You know, like that was the reason to get the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat. It was, I mean, you, you wanted the blood is, is what yeah. everyone wanted. That's why. Um, Does it, have anybody ever done that before? Like since like get this because it's more violent. Like, like, <laughs> like, is that a marketing mm. campaign? Like, uh, is it how often? I feel like the closest thing that came to that was, uh, or the thing that came closest to that was maybe dead space with this isn't your grandma's game or whatever the hell. The commercial I think was that came out around. Boom. What'd you say, Sonic Chris? Boom. Sonic Boom. Uh, Violence? What? That's a joke. God okay, damn. I can't tell. <laughs> Chris, why haven't you mentioned tell, Corpse yeah. Killer? Or whatever the... Was that the hey, one you Vaughn, swear by? We be the Corpse Killer. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. I'm sorry. Bad Jamaican accents? Yeah, it's that's all that game is. Uh... insensitive. <laughs> you know what, though, Scott? You did, you did mention um, Zombies Hate My Neighbors earlier. And why... Okay, we live in a time, and maybe maybe I did this rant a few episodes ago. I can't remember, but it just really bugs me. We live in a time where there's indie games that have basically remaked like every old school 16-bit game out there. I mean, there's you name name a popular 16-bit franchise, and there are at least a dozen indie uh, like remakes of that Force? game on on fucking Steam. Oh, no. But why don't we see something that's like Zombies Ate My Neighbors out there? Like, why is no one taking that formula (sighs) and and creating an online game that you can play with your friends and you Uh, can basically be playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors Yeah, the closest we got was the closest we got was Monster Madness on the PS3 and 360, which was so fucking broken, it was almost not fun. I I just don't get it. That game, it looks so good. It it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun playing like multiplayer or, or co op with people. But it's just why can't we do it? In in fact, like I I actually searched for it about a month ago. Like I was like, oh, surely there's a a you know a release of this on Steam or on PC. And nope, it's it's nowhere. The only thing I could think of is like some unholy spawn of a publisher like SNK or someone like Konami owns this fucking thing and just is like keeping it in some like deep uh, pit in fucking you know like eastern fucking Europe and it's not letting anyone have it. it like was I, on, I, don't, I can't make. I sense have a different theory. It. It's under Konami. <laughs> well, that, there it you is. go. It, it'll it'll make its way as a pachinko game soon. God yeah, I guess it was on the Wii Virtual Console, and so was uh, Ghoul Patrol, the sequel to it, was on virtual v- Wii Virtual Console, but that's about he- the closest thing we got. Here's the problem, and I'm old enough to remember, when Blockbuster Video made the switch from SNES to PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and all that stuff, Zombies Ate My Neighbor, were, were, there were so many copies of that game in the buy it for nothing bin, it, it was stacked higher than Sour Patch Kids. Like, for some reason, those stores ordered a shitload of copies of that game. So you could get it for, like, two bucks, I remember seeing it. Um, for virtually nothing. Uh, my guess is it's just it was too available, and it just it didn't have that catchy name. Zombies Ain't My Neighbor is not a, it's not a catchy title, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wish it would have some sort of sequel or some way it's, to play, it, just re-release it It wasn't or like Earth, like... Earthworm Jim, you know, like that at the time mascot, like those those titles of Mortal Kombat. Zombies ain't my neighbor, not the greatest name. You know? Too long. Not zippy enough. 
But uh, let's see here. Um, well, Serenix asked this, but we sort of answered it on the same token. Least favorite horror-themed Sega games. I mean, we kind of talked about how Mr. Bones was rough. Um, and uh, other games are not great, like Corpse Killer. But uh, anyway, um, Tornado Jones asks, Why is Illbleed the best horror game of all time? Uh, I think you know the answer to that, Mr. Tornado, and you can tune in on Tuesdays to find out. Right, guys? Right. Um, what game? Uh, Illbleed. Illbleed? Why? Yeah. Oh, what? oh, Sketch. You you gotta like look into this one. Yeah. Um, uh, somehow this went right over my radar. We um we played it during the marathon, and I, I mentioned earlier how excited uh, Tornado was to actually get into this game. But it's it's so campy and busted, but one of the most unique things I've ever played. Um, it claims to be survival horror, but it's more so just survivor. Uh, then horror, I mean, it's around a th- horror theme park, um, and you gotta save your friends and everything, or the, they will die, even though it's supposed to be a fun theme park, fun, fun, and win a million dollars if you survive. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh, yeah, look it up, though. Ill Bleed is a good time. Uh, it's, it's... You know, I take so. it back. My favorite horror theme game, uh, Scooby-Doo Adventures on the Genesis. Oh, yep, okay. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. That's the point-and-click one, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Kusanagi asks, I got one uh, for you, actually, Scooty. I think I said that's me. Um, <laughs> Scooty. Scooty, yeah. He was calling me Scooty McBooty or something. I forgot. <laughs> Is that your name now, Scooty? Apparently. Uh, I, did, I did call you Scooty McBooty in the thing, but I didn't know great. it was going to. Great. <laughs> Thanks. I, I kind of like it. <laughs> like Conan O'Brien, Team Coco. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said, since we share a mutual fandom for the most part, What's your favorite Resident Evil game, if you have one? Pretty sure you already know mine, but I'm curious. I know his is Resident Evil 2. Mine goes between 1 and 2, because 1 is good. Uh, the remake is awesome. I haven't actually played through all of the second one's remake yet. Um, I don't, I, it depends on the day of the week. I like both the first and the second one, but they're very different in some aspects, but similar. Um, so it just... Really depends on what I feel like sitting down and playing. I feel like you can get more longevity out of the second one with the zapping system and everything, but uh, it's a tie between one and two for myself. So, yeah. Um, do you guys you know like those games? games hmm? I absolutely love is um, you guys have you have you played Stubbs the Zombie? No, I know of it though. How he falls apart, sort of, or whatever. Man, Stubbs is such a good game. Came out on the uh, the was it? I think the OG Xbox. Back Wasn't it day. an exclusive or something? It was. It was. Yeah. And um, I think the problem that they had in that um, is that they ended up putting a lot of licensed music into it. So it was like set in the like it was originally set in the 50s and then it jumps way forward into like somewhere in the 2000s. But they have all these like 50s songs that are that are um, that these like ska bands of the day cover. And it's the the soundtrack is amazing. I'm, I'm sure you would absolutely love it, Scotty. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun because it's kind of like a third person uh, game where you get to you're a zombie and you go bite people. And as you bite people and turn people into zombies, you can control them and send them out to bite other people. And oh. you end up like creating like this zombie horde and stuff. Uh, it's a it's a it's a really unique game that it took a lot of chances and done a lot of things differently. Um, it's not Sega, but man, 
it's such a good game. It's it's one of my favorite horror games, and uh, unfortunately, it's not out there. It's, Rebel it's, it's, without a pulse is what it's called. Mm-hmm. It says on it's, the cover, "Built with the pricey Xbox game." These yeah, days. I'm seeing that now. But it says on the on the box art too, "Built with the Halo engine," <laughs> whatever that means for it. I, I don't know what that means, um, uh, but yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. And the soundtrack is pretty good. That sounds cool. That's I, I do remember reading about that because I've always liked zombie stuff, but never at the time. I just didn't have an Xbox, so I think that's the only reason I didn't have it. I'll tell um, you what, man. If you want a game um, that I bet your girlfriend would be totally into, that would be it. Uh, I maybe. she'd have fun playing that one. Yeah, maybe we'll have to find that one. Um, and then uh, Mr. Haru asks, what do you think the Sonic movie will be at best in terms <laughs> of number ratings or infamy? Can we talk about that mask that's come out, that Halloween oh, mask? Oh, fuck. Because, Sketch, <laughs> you tagged me in that, uh, and I wish that you had. <laughs> I need to Look, I, I had a theory, one. right? <laughs> so I, I, I got I, – I became a full-time artist in 2005 working on licensed merchandise, specifically for a number of years, T-shirts. I've worked on Sonic merch throughout the years. I've worked on a lot of all the Marvel stuff from Spider-Man 3 to Civil War. Uh, I've worked on a lot of different licensed merchandise. Uh, The products for that stuff are usually done a year out, unless it's like somehow someone dropped the ball. Like sometimes TV shows can get done at the last second. Like I had friends that started the Mandalorian stuff literally like four months ago, which never happens, but it does happen. Um, So when the Sonic movie got delayed, initially it was like, remember they said it was going to be like three months or something? Yeah. Yeah, and I told you it's got to be a year, right? And I'm like, I can't see how because if they change his face, none of the merch is going to look the same, and all the merch has already been made. And my guess is the only reason why they're even doing this change isn't because Twitter fucking threw a fit. It's because someone had to fucking take a survey and found out that little kids weren't going to buy this merchandise. And I think what people don't understand is, so a company called Top Heavy back in the mid-2000s, they had the initial Sonic license, and then we got it, and I think Fistum might have it now. Uh, but Sonic has always made a lot of money in boys so long as it's the art on the shirt, like Sonic art. When it's like Sonic Boom, which I did I did work on Sonic Boom. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that went nowhere. <laughs> so CGI Sonic on a shirt never sells, right? doesn't matter. Um, they always need some kind of vector flat kind of like Nintendo-y uh, chunky version to make it happen. Um, but these masks were already made. So there's no friggin' way the companies are going to sit on them a whole year when that they're just going to release the shit anyway because that face is changing anyhow. They got to make their money back. And you're looking at it like it's not good, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, dude. Like, whatever you think of the movie, understand merchandise is always, you know, mass merchandise is always one to two steps down from that, the quality of a film, just because, you know, copy of a copy and limitations. And you get that mask, and it's like, yeah, that's fucking, fr- fr- was that Five Nights at Freddy's? Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's it. not cheap. It's bad. It's like, the thing is, you're not, I mean, you're not making those masks and and thinking like this is a really good design. I mean, it that's nightmare fuel right there. Like that's well, you know what? I, I, the least. last time I saw something this bad 
was we worked on Amazing Spider-Man, right? And we were doing all the shirts and fleece and everything. And BioWorld or some other, there's a third company, I can't remember their name, that does a lot of that shitty, like, uh, Halloween stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, like, friends with the company that we work with. So we're doing some pack-in thing. And they showed us the lizard, you know, Halloween costume from that movie. And it just looked like a mutated burn victim. You know, like, it like someone had melted a lizard's face into like a wax mold of Pez dispenser of some kind. And it was just like, who the fuck would ever wear this? You know, like it's not even remotely fun. Like costumes should be generally fun. That's why you never want to like do a Ghostbuster shirt. If you do like a costume to you, you never want that to look too technical. You want it to kind of look kind of goofy a little bit, like you hand draw it, so it's a little, it's a little more playful. That Sonic mask is—I mean, that's that's stuff. The Amazon that's reviews feel. for this are great. <laughs> yeah, gotta be right. Well, yeah. read some off, Scotty. Read uh, there's one that's just one sentence here. It's bought one, and now the neighbors won't look me in the eyes anymore. But I don't care, for I am now Sonic. I am Speed. Um, Oh, boy. Do, <laughs> do you guys want me to read the one that I sent you in our Facebook group? Sure. Okay. Strap in. <clears throat> the Sonic mask is terrifying. Misbegotten accident that parodies the notion of human innovation, not unlike the character design in the upcoming film that this merchandise is based off of. It is uncomfortable to wear, and the eye slits are very tiny, and even when sized for adults, if you have a suitably large head, you may find some difficult in keeping it properly oriented. It was the absolute perfect thing to bring to beach one day. After suitably horrifying my friends, we all took our turns trying it on and clowning around. One latecomer to the party brought a football, which we shoved onto the mask, or shoved into the mask, then took to tossing Sonic's head back and forth on the beach, making jokes the entire time. We only stopped when we noticed the colors were running a bit, leaving blue marks on our skin like the stains of God's tears. <laughs> this ridiculous, horrific, ill-conceived thing is by far one of the most fun purchases I've ever made in my life, and I heartily recommend it. The fun you can have with the Sonic mask is limited only by your twisted imagination. There's many more on here. So, yeah. It's got to be like, who dressed up as Jar Jar Binks in 1999 for Christmas, for Halloween? Like, who yeah. did that? Nobody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Man. Yeah. For some reason, this thing goes for 50 bucks on Amazon, people. Get it while you can, I guess? I don't know. That's that's all the questions. I'm fucking... Oh, let me grab my sack, and we're just going to zip it back up. Oh, it's stuck. Well, stuck on man. Sonic. There we okay. go. We're done. Well, we're done with that. a lot to take in. Yep. Uh, I think it's time to get into some game news now. Sure. Let's let's keep it let's keep it rolling. Uh, it's like the magazine; it just keeps going. All right, all right. What, what, what we got? What well, we got? Is Shenmue talking going off on tangent? No, it can't be is anything Shenmue related to Shenmue. Marson's not on. Is Peter Moore back? What do we got? What Peter got? Megazord, where are you? <laughs> so we found out the Streets of Rage Four. You know that game that uh, all Fighting all Rage. You already talked about it. Next, everyone's talking about. Lizard Cube? We found out that Streets of Rage 4 is going to be coming out on uh, the PC, the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I'm sure that's a huge uh, surprise to everyone out there, but it's going to be pretty much coming out on everything. Yeah, it's good. Just reassurance. That's good news. Is it coming to Stadia? I'm I'm surprised that people aren't (laughs) 
freaking out that's not coming on like Mac. Is, Mac. Is, that, that, is that still a thing like Mac or Apple Book or whatever? Does it God ship damn, with Marathon? Whatever. Oh boy. Apple Ribbon. computers. Here's the thing, man. I remember back in the day, we had some shitty Apple uh, computer. And my dad had this like crazy idea that with a computer, you could buy whatever computer you had and you could just upgrade it. So he just bought this old ass computer off his buddy and was like, here you go. You guys have been asking for a computer. Mind you, this is probably like maybe 95, 96. He bought like an Apple II and was like, here you go. You, you, you've been asking for a computer. I got one for you. Now, there you go. It didn't even have a CD-ROM. I mean, it was just like a floppy disk drive. And uh, the only game we could get was uh, Where in the World's Carmen San Diego. You got an Apple II. And it was a piece of shit. I'll We're tell you that. Green, green CRT? Yeah. Yeah, that's an old computer. It man. was it was super old. And the thing is, I was trying to tell my dad, like, Dad, man, like, this isn't the same thing. You you can't just upgrade this. That's not how it works. And imagine me being, like, maybe 13, 14 years old at the time, trying to tell my dad, who didn't want to hear anything, still called a Nintendo. He called it a Nintendo, is, is what he called it. Nice. And he just wasn't very technically Inter- inclined. I love the guy, but he just didn't get that sort of thing. And uh, that was that was some rough, dark times, man. Because I wish, I wish that I had a uh, an actual real PC from back in the day to play those old school, awesome PC games that so many other people were able to enjoy. You know, back in their younger years. But me, I was p- fucking playing Carmen San Diego. Back in the day on a goddamn Apple II. That was my life. Yeah, the only games I remember on Apple II were Carmen San Diego, Oregon Trail, and Karateka. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I remember uh, Oregon Trail. Hangman. Broderbund. That was the publisher of those games back in the day. Broderbund, I remember. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a game, but Kid Picks. Did you guys ever mess with that thing? Oh, that oh was, don't yeah. say that, Scotty. Goddamn oh. like, you, <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're on the registry now, buddy. What did I? Oh, damn it! Uh, whatever. I own a Hatsune Miku game or two. Who cares? Um, oh, Kid Picks. Have you guys ever played that? Hell no, I haven't. Fuck. Big green box. Oh man. So Streets of Rage Four. Can I play it on my iPhone? Great. Next, next up, next up. Let's keep rolling. Um, do you guys hear that uh, Sony totally announced that they're coming out with the PlayStation Five next year? Whoa, Holy hot shit. news. In other news, Ford's putting out another car. <laughs> the only wow. thing that gives me like some hope that that's true is it was, it's been four years since Zero Horizon Dawn came out, right? So those guys got to be making a new game. Yeah. That's what everybody's saying, yeah. that I'm surprised that Last of Us 2 is not going to be... Well, who's to say it won't have the re-re-remastered, super-mastered version or something, but... I'm very surprised that Last of Us 2 is coming out on PS4 at this point. So, well, let's let's hit some of the keynotes on this. Uh, it's gonna it, they're they're saying it's gonna be out holiday 2020, uh, which I can believe that. I think I think they'll stick to that. That's gonna be a big um, a big release for them. Um, some of the uh, I guess they're they're pointing out there's just two key innovations, and the big thing is is the PlayStation 5 controller. 
Uh, and I guess it's been a while since the PlayStation controller has had any sort of big innovation. Maybe the last one was like the PS3. What do they call oh, that? The controller no, back then? Do, oh, the... You mean the six-axis thing? The most six-axis. The six-axis, that's what it was. And they had yeah. this shitty Shock dragon axis, where you'd have to like use Lair. the controller to move shit. It was... Lair, yeah, you could balance Lair. yourself, I think, in the first Uncharted. I can't remember exactly. The game itself looked really good. I'll, I'll give it that. Like, it looked badass. Maybe the best-looking dragon game we've ever had. Dude, that game played like Rogue Squad until they were forced to change it. You know that? It, I, I, I believe it. Because they're the guys that did Rogue like Squad in Factor 5, dude. And no, they totally fucking David then played it. You know? And uh, over at play. And then Sony came over and was like, oh, got to change the controls. And they couldn't even offer... The controller version they had to and it just did never worked well what it was yeah I, I can see that totally it was like you have a really good game but oh we have to we have to push this like uh feature in our controller so you have, we're, we're gonna like hamstrung this game and force this this like you know like control scheme onto this game and uh we're just gonna completely fuck up your game so that's unfortunate um I, I think they ended up releasing a patch later on that let you just play it like a normal fucking get video game, and it was a lot better. Um, but that's unfortunate. So, um, anyway, about the PlayStation Five controller, they're adapting uh, or, or adopting haptic feedback to replace the rumble technology um, in the fifth generation console. Um, and so, uh, I, do you what? What does that even mean? Uh, triggers are gonna get stiff. If yeah. the buttons don't actually move when I get near a rock, I don't. You know. The button, uh, the buttons. Um, the Xbox One controller had a lot of different points of like vibration and whatever. They improved upon that. It sounds like it's the HD rumble that Nintendo claimed to have in the in the Joy Cons or whatever. So it's just more precise rumbling rather than like kind of rumbling and intense rumbling and i guess that's what that means i don't know um if they take off that fucking giant touchpad i won't be too bummed out except what will i hit to pick to bring up the maps in my game but um i don't know as long as they make the battery a little better so i'm not charging anymore because that fucking dumb the light, light on the doesn't front. stay on yeah, yeah the light I like how they said they couldn't make it to where the light could just get go the fuck off. out of here. Fucking bullshit! If you are it's sitting anywhere like that's directly in front of your TV, you're gonna see that thing on the screen. It's dumb, but I just so what they're saying is with the haptics, you feel a broader range of feedback. So like crashing into a wall in a race feels different than making a tackle in a football field. I so don't give I a shit. Get, I guess the rumble <laughs> itself is gonna be different. Uh, which is weird. The second innovation is the adaptive triggers, which I think you guys are kind of alluding to um, with the L2 and R2. Um, it allows developers to program the uh, trigger resistance a little bit differently to give better tactile sensation. Um, so like if you're drawing a bow or, you know, you know, accelerating uh, in a, in a car, it, it all feels differently. Um, I don't, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know if this, if, if that is, like, a a big uh, point of, of like, a talking point that you really need to be able to drum up about your console is, is that your controller is going to do a couple things a little bit differently. They got to tell us something. what it did before. That's really it. They just have what to you... tell us something. 
You want to know what to be a big feature if they can guarantee no game? They can have a compression technology so your games never go over fucking five gigs. You know, like no matter what game, that'd be a real helpful thing. I just want the games, man. Like I don't understand. They keep doing this. Like we're gonna give you some. Remember on the PlayStation Three, they had these pressure sensitive buttons. I could never tell what the hell that was supposed to do. Um, I mean, the Dreamcast had that with like the shoulder buttons, or they claimed it did. You know, whatever. Yeah, you know what I had? I had a D-pad that would rip my thumb into, you know, to <laughs> grate my thumb into cheese. Cr- that D-pad on the Dreamcast is a thing of nightmares. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, people just care about games. That's it. Show the games. Yeah, they want less they loading times to... and more games. That's they it. did confirm also that weird, like, horseshoe-looking uh, turbine thing was an actual dev kit for the PS5 that... Everybody was like, why is the system going to look like this? And then everybody's like, dev kids don't look like the consoles. But whatever. They just got to drum up some news because, you know. Was it two GameCubes duct taped together? Could be. <laughs> Double it the handles. like that like, uh, Prometheus spaceship. Uh... The spaceship in Prometheus is basically <laughs> what it, like the dev kit looked like. Well, it looked like a piece of shit. It looked like Winamp had a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> PS5 is coming hope out. The, the the full system doesn't look like that, but I, I don't know, man. Like the 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 biggest thing I hope is just just make it to where it's easy for me to play my old games on it. That's really all I care about. Can, like, can you make it so the power button is? I still can't find my power button on the PS4. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm like, it's uh, the fucking power button. Yeah, yeah. we need to do away <laughs> with know, touch like, buttons. Just make it. Like, I don't even care about like 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 leaps in technology like i just want just make it easy for me like let me have my playstation back catalog and just make it easy for me to to turn the goddamn system on that's really all i care about this this next generation i don't even care about like giant leaps forward just make it easy for me like i want to be lazy don't make me work too hard and and i'm good this just in, the haptic controller smacks you in the face every time you play Fortnite. So, you know nice. I mean? <laughs> like, it's going to give like Chris's son two sprained ankles. Yeah. And well, he stands, so he, he probably can dodge it faster. So. True. I don't. I, we need pictures. I don't care about all these factoids and internal crap. Pictures drone controllers, games. right? Oh, the no. controllers are drones, and they fly around the room. Oh, I'm no. going to be really interested, because I feel like... Next generation is, is. I think everyone is just kind of over at this point, like throwing out well, Kingdom Hearts. Flops but Kingdom graphic. Hearts three was stuttering like a mother, dude. So it's like they clearly they need better. The let's be honest, every one of these companies skimped on hardware with this generation. They were all trying to save a buck. You know, we all knew it when they came out. We dealt with it, but it's true. They could have put solid states in these systems back in 2012 easily um but they didn't so my hope is they just bite the bullet and throw like a hundred terabyte you know or i'm sorry like a yeah like a terabyte solid state drive in there versus 100 gigs or 250 gigs or some shit like that you know because microsoft had that demo where they're like we're putting solid state in and then sony's like we're putting solid state in and i'm like what size 64 gigs 100 what, what do you Where's the the somewhere they're gonna go? They're gonna cut corners, you know. They always do. Here's and... a question: What what could either Sony or Microsoft's announcement be 
that would totally undercut the other company. So it's like where Sony's big announcement this generation was we're we're basically keeping with uh physical media and you can just play your games like you could always play it um you know where as microsoft was like you know everything was gonna be tied to the console and it had to be always online and everything um what would what could you imagine like this next generation announcement being that would totally undercut the other you know the competition whether it be xbox or 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 playstation Sony hasn't yet confirmed that they're putting all generations on this thing or like that it's going to play all generations. So if they announce that, that could not win me over, but I'd I'd lean more towards them because I I would love to play somehow pop my PS1 and 2 and 3 and 4 games into this console. I don't have that I don't have that library uh with Microsoft, so that's it for me PS3 really. PS3 will never be backwards compatible. Yeah, I know, but that's that's what I'm saying like if they somehow magically did that but it's not gonna happen i don't know i i i think i maybe to sound like the old grumpy gamer i don't care what they try to throw in my face at this point the the game changer for me is if they announced psvr2 with wireless streaming of the headset no cables from the ps5 so if they had a psvr2 with analog control or the same kind of control parity that i have on my quest and the PS5 can stream directly to that set, you know, then that's what I would, that that would be a game changer for me. Yeah, no cables flat out would be nice. What I would love to see is a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox, um, which, but I, th- I think it would, it, it, it may work better for the PlayStation, but um, it's compatible with all your Steam game. It's basically what? a console version of a Steam box. It's called a oh. PC, bro. Just exactly. But it uh, plays uh, on your hmm. TV. So do you yeah, just you want a universal... A do you just want like a universal a controller? And that's, that's the selling point. It plays PlayStation games that's also compatible with your entire Steam library. Game over. Everyone would buy it. They'll never do that. Competition would cease to exist. I doubt Sony will have crossplay with PS4. I guarantee, though, that's the thing that would that that would be the probably one of the biggest things that they could do from a console standpoint, and it would annihilate the Xbox if they did that. They you could play Portal Two with people on Steam <laughs> or something. I forget how that worked on the PS3. But I agree with you, Sketch. It's not going to happen. It, it it won't happen. Uh, Sony's just too. Look, it's going to come down to games. To and exclusive games, and they're going to have Spider-Man exclusive because they bought Insomniac and they own that license, you know? Microsoft so, like, owns like half the game companies now, though. Uh, a lot of smaller game companies own it. I mean, I love Double Fine, but all their stuff's going to be available on PC as well, so it's irrelevant to me. They're still only an Xbox. So, you know, that's where I'm like, the Japanese games ain't going to be on the Xbox. You know, and I'm a Japanese gaming loving dude, so it's like... uh Dragon Quest will be on Sony system. Square Games will first party development will be on Sony, not Microsoft. So I mean, right now, fucking Final Fantasy VII is only confirmed for PS4, right? So it almost seems like that they're, they're gearing up for like uh, a console war from a couple generations ago, where like they're it, it it's going back to first party games because 
you're you're right, Scotty. Like Microsoft has been buying all these third party developers that are now going to be first party developers for the next Xbox. Sony has has long been you know like investing in in first party development. And so it, it's almost like going back into like the first or second generation Xbox and PlayStation console. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. It's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be mayhem. Who knows? Sony should have bought Genova Chan's company and let them make those artsy games. The fact that that guy has to struggle financially with how great Journey was is fucking un, it's unfathomable to me. You know, I love Journey, but I don't like what else has he done after that, dude. Well, he's been working on that stupid mobile game, the Flight, because he had to fucking find a way to make money, you know? And he doesn't have any first-party development money, so he went to mobile to do And it's a fun game, but it's still a mobile game. That should be on PlayStation 4, you know? I mean, Flower was amazing. Dude, one of my favorite things to do on the PlayStation 3 is take Flower, and if you hold the controllers up in your hands, because um, they use a six-axis, you can actually get the feeling of flying, like by moving your arms left and right. And then when you pull them forward, like Superman, you zoom forward and then pull them back. Like, and I would do that and turn on like my fake little 3d filter on the TV and get a little 3d effect. And you have these like flower petals flying all around you. It's fucking awesome. Like they made very, that, that's, but that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like that kind of exclusive people, dude, have you, have you ever dug into people's experiences with journey? It's a lot of people that have very transformative. That. Yeah. People have had very transformative experiences, myself included, with that game. I mean, even the part where people feel like they died and came back to life, like like they have very transformative. Take it up mushrooms and you know, huh? no, man, dude, yeah. shit on all you want, dude. But you know, you you know, it's like shitting on Monster Squad. It was a big thing to you. This game really touched a lot of people, and Sony fucking dropped the ball on that one. Like they just let it go, like that. And getting that kind of that talent doesn't really exist. That studio it got broken up, and it just makes no sense, you know. So I hope Sony you know, supports more stuff like that um, exclusively. But hey, look, at the end of the day, we all buy Nintendo systems because Nintendo has Nintendo games, right? It always comes down to the games. Games, 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 games. You know, and if Sony tries, I, I just, I'm afraid, dude, that they're going to do that thing where they're like, and it's big for NFL or some bullshit like that. You know, like it's an esports system. The big selling point won't be games. Just Hopefully keep not. Keep EA but... away. Keep EA far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ships with a loot crate. You know? Oh, God. God <laughs> damn it. Ships with now you own a GameStop. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Ships with actual GameStop stock. Yep. Oh, shit. So, Okay. Last piece in this week's episode uh, is our feature discussion. Let's talk about our, and, and we're keeping with the kind of the horror Halloween theme. What are your favorite horror video game related memories? So this is like going back to when you were a kid growing up playing scary games, like, you know, maybe by yourself or with some friends what are some of your favorite memories from back in the day of playing scary video games? And I'll let either one of you guys jump ahead. Uh, if, if you guys have something like, you know, like really good to talk about. Um, I, I have, whoops. I have two that come to mind. One of them's not a creepy moment, but like when I first got to actually sit down and play the first resident evil, it was because I was sick from school, uh, home and uh, home from school. Cause I was sick. 
Um, so I just sat down and played through the whole game like a couple of times, and I had a little one of those little weird. Um, it's like half like half the size of a book. You guys know the smaller pages, but a strategy guide just for that game with no pictures. It's all words. It's like a skinny version of a normal book, but um, not really spooky. But kind of uh, uh, tied to Resident Evil, though, when director's cut was out there was a uh, demo for the second game and the coolest thing was when we got freaked out um i was playing it at a buddy's house and we the very beginning of the game you encounter the liquor for the first time which has one of the best introductions for of all the monsters in that series um when you go into one room and you see it if if you i mean the camera it had the fixed camera angles in the game but when you go around a corner and then you can see just uh, the window at the end of the hall and you see the liquor um, crawl across the window real quick and it's just a split second thing but that made me jump and then you go into the next hallway and you're walking down and then you see that cinematic of just like blood dripping from the ceiling along with spit and then that long tongue and the thing falls onto the floor and you have to somehow fight this thing and you're just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> um, that's 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 the one that comes to mind um I can't really think of specific other ones. Uh, oh, Condemned uh, was... Uh, oh, we've mentioned this a thousand times. That mannequin fucking part in, in oh, the first God. Condemned. Yeah, when you're going through... Or am I am I taking from yours, Chris? I could stop. No, 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 no. no not at all. Mine's okay. like several okay. generations behind. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll mention... Well, I, I played them out of order. I played Condemned 2 first. Uh, Condemned 2 was the first game to make me scream. Um, the part with the big bear where he leaps out of a wall at you, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, the first time I actually jumped and screamed at a game, um, on the three, or is that, P- that was on PS3 and 360, but then went back and played the first one, and there's a part where you're hunting down the serial killer, and you find out he's in a mall, and you have to go through, like, the dressing rooms, and you open up the dressing rooms, and, uh, e- like, every other one, or maybe each one has just one mannequin in it, and they're facing other ways, and you gotta, like, maneuver through, and, like, look through these things, and then the last room, the last dressing room, um, when you turn around, there's like 60 mannequins just looking at you. And it's one of the scariest things I've experienced <laughs> in a game. Actually, I'm going to top that. I'm sorry. This will be my last one. Um, playing the first Bioshock. We've all have, we've all played Bioshock, right? The first one. Sure. Of course. Um, and you start out, uh, going to the lighthouse and you hop in the little bathy sphere and you, you, take the elevator down essentially um to rapture and then the power goes out and it like dims and a splicer cuts open the top of the bathysphere basically and then just runs away um and then you're forced to exit and then like walk around and explore the world and start the game essentially um i thought that was the coolest intro i had seen to a video game up until that point and so i restarted my file when my girlfriend at the time was over and my roommate was there as well and i showed them this whole opening scene and it's all really cool and they're like wow this is pretty badass and then the part happens where the the splicer cuts open the part and then like you're forced to go outside and then no joke we lost power in our apartment and we're like let's go outside and be anywhere other than right here in this small spot right now so <laughs> we went outside it was uh the whole apartment complex lost power and then we went back inside and we we're just like let's play a board game or do anything but play this video game now <laughs> so that was my that was probably the creepiest thing that's happened to me with a video game though 
Very nice. I think um I don't I don't think it was like necessarily a creepy thing, but I remember one of my favorite memories of when I was a kid playing like scary video games was renting the original Nightmare on Elm Street on the NES with one of my best friends growing up. His name was Cody Putman. We would uh rent this game from the neighborhood uh like game rental store and we would kind of just like trade back and forth like whose houses we would uh stay over for the weekend and we would play number on elm street on the nes and we'd play it like all night long we'd stay up like super late and it was like it there were some like really intense moments have have you guys ever played the 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 number on elm street game on nes no unfortunately no. not it Here's one of the cool things about it. It was like one of the only four-player NES games. So if you had like that four-player add-on, you could actually play four four players at the same time. We weren't able to do that, but it was just like kind of a neat thing about it. Um, But it was a really cool game, man. Like it, it took a lot of different elements from different Nightmare movies and kind of put it all in this one game. It was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed that. Uh, also, uh, Friday the Thirteenth on NES was a was a pretty crazy game. I remember how scary that was. Like when Jason would come out onto the screen, and there was like that kind of like that sharp music that would hit right when he'd come on to the screen. It scared the shit out of us back in the day. That game makes um, no sense. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> and you're like, I, I hated like the weird trajectory when your your player would like flick a rock. It was just like this weird kind of like upward curve, and it's like, god damn it! Like all these, it, it sucked so bad. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was just so frustrating to try to play that game. Um, but that those those two games, man, those are classics back in the day. I didn't know the Elm Street game was four-player. I'm very curious about that now. And what's cool is that it also implemented uh, parts from uh, the Dream Warriors, and so you could get power-ups, and so, like, you could go from, like, being a ninja to being, like, a magician to being all these different things. And so, whereas, like, Freddy, each level or each house that you would play in, like, uh, he he would be different he'd have like different kind of powers. Like you could also like change your, your kind of powers or your type of like character you were um, like leading into like the boss battle and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool, man. It was, especially for being on like the, an eight bit NES system back yeah. in the early nineties, there was some cool stuff going on there. It was a lot of fun. Interesting. I'm going to have to look into it. If if we could ever do some sort of like Halloween stream together, like have have a, a few of us all together, that would be a fun game to do for sure. We could try to figure something out. Uh, Sketch, do you have any uh, fun horror game, video game related memories that you want to talk about? I got two. So one would be the first time I rented Master of Darkness and realized I wasted <laughs> my allowance renting from Mark Family Video. <laughs> And I you wasn't able to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrified that a whole weekend I was going to have to play this game. Oh, 
<laughs> Here's the thing. That was back in the day where, like, that was, like, you had to play that game. No matter what it was, you yeah. rented it. You're playing that game all weekend, goddammit. I hadn't felt that ripped off since Life Force. <laughs> oh, no, it was, no, it was, was it Star Force? Sorry, Star Force. You ever play that game on the NES? Yes, I did play Star like, Force. Be a space Life Force was the 80s movie that showed yeah. uh, women boobies back in the day. Yeah, I'm talking about Star Force where it was like it tries to be like a space game. It's just white pixels flying across the screen. Mm-hmm. The Master Darkness, not you know, that, that nightmare. Uh, look, the funniest thing, I mean, look, I, I was right there with Resident Evil, that first one. The, the dog thing got me. Oh, yeah. Else, but... I it was the middle of the that. day for some. I was like, "There's no way this shit's fucking." I I got it. Got me. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> but the thing that the thing I found the funniest was uh, I was in the I was in the army in Germany, uh, and I got Silent Hill, and I mm. me and three other Joes were in the room. Everyone was screaming like fucking girls. Like <laughs> nice, the first one. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like the the Homer Simpson scream or whatever. <laughs> Like just oh shit, oh, 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 oh. you know, we were drinking way too much, playing that game way too fucking long, and uh, my buddy missed formation because he was hungover from that whole night. <laughs> like <laughs> he had nightmares. The oh, game was God. just genuinely like it wasn't like when you look at it, you're like, oh, there's not a lot going on. It wasn't jump scares, but that sense of dread, you know? Yeah, the dread that yeah. the little wasn't the walkie-talkie or something like would get staticky, so you knew shit was about to get real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, I'd say the the funnest experience I've had was PT. I mean, I, I have it on oh, my PS4. Oh, jeez, I forgot about that. I play it every Halloween, and I will get fucking fucked up again. This yeah, year. I gotta... Time. I don't have it. I have I have the download on my console, but I never installed it, so I have to find... The, like, there's a way to trick it or something to get it on my console I need to do, but I forgot about that. I'm going to have to piggyback on that, because I invited... Um, I didn't have it on my console. I didn't even have a PS4 when that game was actually out. Um, but my girlfriend at the time had it, so I borrowed her entire console and brought it over to my apartment to show my roommate and my friends. And my buddy AJ, who's on the marathon, uh, he played it, and he's like, well, thanks, Scott. Fuck you. Won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, know, you know you're fucked when you're like, I don't want to move one foot. You yeah, know? like, and I look, man, haunted houses and shit make me laugh. Like, anytime I go to those like not scary farms or Universal Studios, whatever those things, I just laugh my ass off. I, I literally have this involuntary reaction. I just laugh. It, it doesn't bug me one bit. PT is just a fucking nightmare for y'all, dude. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and it bums me out. Everyone seems to love Death Stranding, but I'm like, why didn't he just make uh, another haunted house game? I mean, I don't really care for the sci-fi aesthetic thing. You know, the weird. I don't know, man. I'm not into that. I, I would. I just a creepy fucking mansion will get me. You know what got me until I realized it's not a horror game was Gone Home. Oh you right, know? yeah. You're not the first person the, to say that. <laughs> first 15 minutes, I'm like, where's it coming? Where's it coming? Because they marketed it like a horror game for some. They did. Some yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did, never you, did you see the thing that recently came out about PT? Like the the guys that do like they like break the borders of games and stuff. How the ghost is actually always behind you in that game. Did you see that? Yeah, I, 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 it bugs the shit out of me to know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to play it again now because I know it's just like, oh my god, that sense of dread. That I mean, that's incredible, though, that they did that. That's really cool. So I came up with this idea this year for Halloween because my I never do anything themed, and I have that uh, 
David S. Pumpkins outfit I bought a couple years ago. That whole, <laughs> it's really, really good. So this year I thought what I would do was instead of wearing that, I thought maybe um, I would dress up like Rick Astley. And every time they fucking open the door, I just break into Rick Roll. Nice. People, right? Like I could Rick Roll every trick or treater. But then I'm like, it's going to cut into my PT time. I'm like, I'm never going to get to yeah. play PT on like Halloween. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, so at least when I'm playing PT, when people show up at the door, it's like, thank God I could take a step away from this fucking game. Right. So, yeah. Such a, that's one of the best experiences I've had with a video game, hands down. After about the 50th, never going to give you up. And I, I, the goal is I just do the dance and my wife shows up and gives them candy, but they just get Rick rolled every time they. Open the door. That's a fine tradition to start. Chris, yeah. have you played PT? I I played PT like when it was first released, uh, and unfortunately, I don't have it on my PlayStation anymore. So, well, you're in luck because you could find one online for an easy three hundred dollars or some such bullshit. I don't know more I'm than good. that. Probably. I'm good. I don't need to play it again. Yeah, I, I do. It's genuinely a frightening game. You know? Yeah, it's great. I'll play Master of Darkness for my frights. That's not... <laughs> you know the day Rob doesn't draw a Mega Visions cover? <laughs> I just want to make you guys mad. I don't know. I feel know. sad for you. That's what I'm <laughs> You know, I'm like, that's just... It's up there for you. And I, I'm fine. I feel sad for you. you know? I'm, I'm glad you feel sad for me. I, I get the Eternal Champions to an extent. I, I understand that. But sometimes, it's like... It's like my buddy as a kid really loved that Jaws game. And I was oh, like, no. this is like, oh, so bad. The like, NES he, he one, I assume? Me. Yeah, 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 the NES one. You're going to yeah. try to tell me Hunt for Red October was a bad video game. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were one of those. You owned Total Recall, didn't you? I absolutely played the shit yeah. out of Total Recall <laughs> yeah. as a kid. He was hoping Hudson those Hawk. three boobs were somewhere in there. RoboCop 3. <laughs> bad dudes. Bad dudes. Bad dudes. So, <laughs> all right. That's I think I think that's gonna end this marathon of a podcast this week. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any uh, upcoming streams that we need to uh, pimp out every week, Got sir? Uh, Tuesday, Corey and I are going to continue. We're actually going to finish Ill Bleed. Um, he's been playing. I've been co-piloting with a guide because that game is impossible. Uh, but we're going to finish that. We're both very excited. I've never actually finished the game, so I'm excited to see where that thing goes. Um, I'm going to come back, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday uh, with some streams. And then Thursday Night Throwdown this coming week. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, Illbly would have already happened. But Thursday Night Throwdown will be Rocket League. It's on sale. Grab it now to play with us. Uh, it's an excuse because Stranger Things is with it. We're making it Halloween-y. Whatever. We just want to play some games with people. So... Um, yeah, but just keep an eye on our socials, but typically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are when we stream, usually starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nice. I, uh, I downloaded, uh, that game on my PS4 earlier today. Nice. And so I'm, I'm ready for this Thursday Night Throwdown. I'm, I'm jumping in with you guys. Gonna be good. It's gonna be fun, so... Uh, sketch. Uh, you got anything you want to pip out? Like, where can anyone listening to the podcast uh, find you throughout the week mm. if they want to follow all the cool shit you're doing? Mm. I stream randomly, so you can sketchcraft.com or sketchcraft.net takes you right to my YouTube, and I got all my podcasts and my art videos and everything. So when I do stream the virtual fighter artwork 
that's where you'll find it. Very cool. And if you want to find more about Megavisions, I think uh, I think we still have ShiningForce4.com. Is, is that still pointing towards our uh, Patreon, Rob? What I did hope. you say? ShiningForce4. <laughs> oh, oh ShiningForce4.com? Yeah, yeah. Is that still pointing toward our, our Patreon? Yeah. You think I gave that up? No, no, no. I'm just asking. Is that still pointing towards our, our yeah. Patreon? So, yeah, and I, and I and I fucking and you see me, I tag people with that shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to find out more of Megavisions, just just throw in shiningforce4.com into your web browser. That will redirect you to the uh, Megavisions Patreon, where you can then sign up to get a physical uh, print or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, if, 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 if you're listening to this and you have not yet subscribed, you need to do so like probably within the next two weeks to secure your issue of, uh, mega visions issue nine, because if you don't do it, you're probably not going to get it. And, uh, we can't promise that, uh, you'll be able to get one after the fact. Uh, yeah, because... that magazine will be late until it's too late for them to get one. See? Exactly. So <laughs> if you don't subscribe now, it's it's always going to be too late to get it because we're going to push off before you can get it. And it's going to be too late after the fact that makes total sense. And so that means you need to do it right now when you're listening. So go to www.patreon.com slash megavisions and you can sign up right there. Uh, and I think it's going to do it for this week's uh, megavisions show. So we will see you next week, next two weeks from now with some more Halloween goodness. We will see you later. Take it easy, fellas. We all float down here or something. That I couldn't think of anything.